Well, it's like it'll make you stab yourself with an ice pick. And I and I like and I like <laughs> Yeah. Hey, that's that, I think I, I that's think that's why I didn't open it because it comes with a free ice pick. <laughs> but you know you're in trouble when yeah, that happens. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined, as always, by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yo! Yo! It's a, that's appropriate. Yo. It's appropriate. Yo. Uh, for music video sins, Barrett Share. Forget about it. Yeah, there you go. We knew, we had to have it at some point, that's right? right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, today, we're going to go back on our road trip. Road, road trip. trip. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. And we're going to go to New Jersey. Yeah. Land of Bon Jovi. (laughs) Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) That's basically all it is. And Tony Soprano. That's right. Like That's basically, right. if you can't cut it in New York City, you end up in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the sixth borough of New York City. It's the one they don't want. It is, yeah, it's the one they don't want. I'm telling you, I've said it before, but that's what bothers me about Springsteen is that Jersey has a very distinct accent, like a Tony Soprano type of accent, mm-hmm. right? For like, you know, I want him to sing all these fucking songs like a Jersey person, not like. A southern Arkansas steel worker or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I want him to say like a longshoreman or something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. But uh, no, he does this this affected accent and it's inauthentic, even though he's supposed to be the paragon of authenticity and we're supposed to be talking about movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, boy, this turned quickly into a Springsteen bash and I am I am all about it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Me too. <laughs> Playing on Broadway. Yeah. What is he, a musical? Oh, he's killing it too, right? Singing he's for the it. working class? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Seriously. Jesus. He cares about blue collar like, folks? Like, like, like those people need anybody to defend them in exactly. anything. Um, we're going to start off with an unusual one for New Jersey. 13 going on 30. That's hey, a, man. It's, it's alphanumeric. It's, it's alphanumeric. <laughs> this is a Jennifer Garner vehicle, uh, uh, which has been done a million times. It was done in big and it was done in, I mean, really, honestly, it's been done in 17 again and Freaky oh, yeah. Friday and all those two, although there's no body switching this time, but, uh, it's more big than anything. Yeah. Uh, she's, uh, like 12, 13 year old mm-hmm. girl and then she's, He's like, uh, I can't remember. It's a birthday or something. Well, she's 13 and she's 30. Yeah. She's yeah. a birthday wish, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody gives her like some magic fairy dust or something. Right. Like that, right. And, she... and then and somehow Andy Serkis is in this movie. I know. Right. <laughs> but, and Mark and Judy Ruffalo, Greer. Hell yeah. And Judy yeah. Greer. Uh, but uh, yeah, she uh, becomes 30 and, uh, you know, the hijinks ensue. What's a shame about this movie is that she is... She's pretty fucking magical in this role. Mm-hmm. When she's playing Jennifer the thirty, Gardner, year, yes, yeah. she, when she's the thirty-year-old, but the thirteen-year-old in the thirty-year-old's body, yeah. she's every bit as great as Hanks was at playing that role. It's just it's redundant because it comes after, and then the rest of the movie around her is not as good. So ultimately, this is remembered for a big thriller dance, yeah. basically yeah. more mm-hmm. than anything else. <laughs> Um, which is okay. She's really charming in this role. I think she makes it worth watching. Oh, um, I think so. I, I wish Jennifer Gardner would have gotten, not would have, obviously she still can, but 
We've gotten a little more like meaty rolls to get yeah. into. Although know? that uh, that peppermint movie is going to be end up, I think, going to be like a mid level type hit. Oh, really? It really? I mean, it, I don't know how much it cost to make that movie, but I know the opening weekend was somewhere around eleven to thirteen million dollars. Oh, that's yeah, that's and uh, and like yeah, the budget for that couldn't have been much. I saw somebody reviewing that was like Jennifer Jennifer Garner is great at action, and I was like, where the fuck were you when Alias was yeah. on? She was great at action twenty years ago. Oh, I know, and then and they, and I man, I loved Alias back in the day. Um, it, it just like a lot of J.J. Abrams type stuff. It started getting ridiculous. Oh sure, uh, <laughs> but um, but uh, she was awesome in it, and like of course. I was already sold on everything, but they would always do these like special Super Bowl episodes and they'd show her in lingerie kicking yeah. ass and stuff. And you're like, I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. She's proven herself in Alias. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, Peppermint is basically like a John Wick type of or Tommy yeah. Bond type of thing, right? Um, you know, like I that. just wish that she'd get a little dramatic weight to some of these things. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember her having like a like a kate hudson penny lane moment you no know? and she should have uh she's got the talent yeah by the way i was i was watching pearl harbor the other day <laughs> i'm sorry it was literally the best choice available to me oh, and i played this game of i totally forgot that motherfucker was in this movie and jennifer garner's in this movie uh in a tiny role kate beckinsale gets the main female role right. but jennifer garner but like fucking dan Aykroyd is in this movie did you remember that? No. No, I did not either. As some sort of like general FBI intelligence guy giving a briefing to the president. Michael Shannon <laughs> is in this. Oh, um I forgot Michael Michael Shannon was in this movie. Wow. It's just a it's it's not a good movie. No, it's mm-hmm. not. Cuba Gooding Jr. forgot he was like an entire subplot in that movie. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, t- Team America railed against this movie for ha- him not having a bigger part. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's a whole song about it. Uh, I haven't seen Teen America but one was, time. Yeah, uh, Pearl Harbor sucked and I love you is basically <laughs> yeah. what it's... What the, <laughs> That's right. And he's like, he's like he's ba- the whole song is like... Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. should have had a bigger part. He's way better than Ben Affleck. <laughs> all that. Um, if you look at her IMDb, she's just it's a string of choices that turned out bad. Like mm-hmm. the Electra thing didn't work out very well. She's in a couple of rom coms that are. She's like in that Matthew McConaughey girlfriends Ghosts of Girlfriends Pound. Oh movie. yeah. She's in that Catch and Release. Yeah, Catch and Release is not. Very well, she good. was in. She was like the main storyline in Valentine's Day too. You know, not a movie I've seen. Well, yeah, <laughs> but again, <laughs> she's always movie. had the talent, and I think you're right. She hasn't quite had. Maybe she'll have it. Maybe she'll have like a a garnison, a garnison <laughs> yeah. late in her career, and be you know she'll she'll go Meryl Streep on her ass yeah, or yeah. something. I don't know. She could totally have done like an Atomic Blonde as well as charlie's i think in well terms that's of, what that's what this probably is well that's the, that's why it's kind of a shame i yeah. think it's coming on the heels of so many movies like that yeah it's like every actor in hollywood's like i want my equalizer and they're just green lighting all <laughs> and dave batiste is like set mine in a soccer stick yeah, yes exactly <laughs> uh what a what a great t- new jersey was the time we got to talk about jennifer garner <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know let's talk about dude where's my car like when she's in that for like uh, five seconds oh is she one of the girlfriends yeah. Oh, yeah uh then we go to across the universe um this movie what do you think about this movie i don't know if i like it or not i don't i had this weird thing where i like a lot of beatles covers more than i like the actual songs mm-hmm like, I love Fiona Apple's Across the Universe that wasn't in this movie. It was mm-hmm. in Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I love Wilson Pickett's cover of Hey Jude more than I like the actual Hey Jude, which is probably heresy. And so I, this is kind of like right up my alley, but I, I don't think it ultimately works. It's a it's visually striking, yep. uh, and the music, of course, is timeless. But I don't know if everything in between that really adds up to a great movie at no, all. It's like they they take the the songs. Dude's name is jude mm-hmm. uh girl's name is lucy because she's lucy in the sky with diamonds and it's like okay we've got to get from this point to this point to this point to make this song make sense and it doesn't it just doesn't and work. this was this was the first in the line of jim sturgis vehicles that made us think he was going to be a big deal yep. mm-hmm. and uh this one didn't hit quite as well and it, who knows what might have happened with evan rachel wood too if this thing had hit because oh yeah because I mean, she's she's good, but she has she's never really been like a major major. At least like, until Westworld. Yeah, yeah, Westworld was probably her big break out of all this, which is mm-hmm. strange. But uh, yeah, I I, I think I, I like watching across the universe because there's so much to like as far as just watching the visuals of yeah. it. Uh, and the music is cool, but like everything in between it is kind of yeah. Uh, it's like hey, let's get him to New Jersey. Yeah, so you can meet this. You know uh, what? You know what'll bring you back to reality about any band is when you start listening to that band's dedicated channel on Sirius XM <laughs> and you realize exactly how many forgettable songs U2 has recorded. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, man. And the Beatles have recorded. Yep. And the Beach Boys have recorded. Oh my god. Cuz I go by the Beach Boys channel, I don't think it's, it's up right Beach now. Beach Boys channel? There was for like 6 months really? and I would go by it all the time expecting you know, God Sleep only John knows, B. but yeah. it would always be like some B-side well, or some shit I never heard that's of. That's the thing, right? Like, they, they make these channels, and then they use it as an excuse to to play, like, this, you know, obscure shit. And yeah. you're like, uh, I mean, I guess I'm into the Beach Boys, but I'm not into them that much. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just play exactly. pet sounds over and over again. That's right. Um, then we have Admission. It's a Tina Fey, Paul Rudd movie. Did anybody see that? Nope. Oh, yeah. You didn't see this? admission yeah it's where uh so tina fey is like a princeton admissions uh counselor and she gets sent to uh, evaluate this kid uh who's under paul rudd's tutelage and in this like an exceptional school and stuff like that and the kid's a genius and of course tina fey and paul rudd find a way to fall in love mm. it's a little elevated relative to your regular rom-com because i think the the lead players are so good um but it's it's certainly not like mm. fantastic mm. Hmm. then we have ai artificial intelligence new jersey yeah, yeah man. like the whole the whole beginning of that with the the family and all that stuff yeah. is all in new jersey but it, did, it could have been it could literally be anywhere it absolutely could be but the reason that it's in new jersey is because everybody's everything's flooded like all the coastal stuff has been flooded so it has so to like it could be in 13 to, other states too <laughs> yeah, pretty much pretty <laughs> yeah. much jersey is that much higher elevation than manhattan well i think it just like it seeps in gradually so eventually Jersey's i'm sure it, be- it grab like new jersey touches some part of the appalachians up there at some point yeah right? yeah yeah. I'm, I'm sure this is like i know dr jersey. strange drove five minutes outside of new york city and was in like <laughs> no, the hugest no, that, mountain that's like ever. right outside of new york city <laughs> okay i thought maybe yeah. that was jersey <laughs> like you you go through the lincoln tunnel and you're in mountains yes definitely mountains. <laughs> definitely mountains. Uh, i don't know why you like this movie so much which movie ai um it's more a reflection of how much i want it to be good than how good it ends up being it has it definitely has a a way too long ending itis Mm -hmm. um i think it's just a vibe man it's just it's it when you take a a a, something that 
Kubrick was planning, and then you give it to Spielberg, you end up with something that is unlike either of their works. Mm-hmm. And I think it's 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 that vibe, and it, it's Haley Joel Osment has yet to become annoying in this movie. Yeah. And Jude Law, this was the movie where I realized Jude Law was dynamite. Yeah. And up until then, he had just been an actor. Um, but yeah, it's not great. I can't like recommend it. I just I like watching it. Mm. Was- I also have seen Cloud Atlas five times. <laughs> Uh, don't you should not necessarily take that as a sign of respect. There's sometimes I like I like hurting myself. I <laughs> thought it was interesting though that Kubrick didn't want to do this movie for the longest time because of the the special effects hadn't caught up or whatever. But he could have done this. Well, I mean, is this his type of story though? Yes, but it's, think, it's think about so think, take out all the Spielberg stuff. Mm-hmm. That's so obviously Spielberg. Yes, it is something that he it's, would do. It's it's more of an exploration of what is real, who, what is human, what is. I like, guess like that Robin Williams shit wouldn't be in this. Right. In, yeah. right. I guess movie. that's where I get distracted. Yeah. Is the Spielbergism? Yeah, and all that that shiny, glossy, whatever it is that he did in Minority Report as well. Because yep. oh, it's sci-fi. It must have to be this <laughs> sheen that's on it. You know, of some sort. Um, you know, take that out of it and then just talk about a boy who is, you know, you have a, it's a Pinocchio story. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and I, I think Haley Joel Osment probably would have been creepier probably under the Kubrick direction. And, you know, it would have been more about the family and him dealing with getting thrown out and all that. Who knows? He may not even been thrown out. In the, I know. Because I Spielberg know. has this thing about, you know. <laughs> children abandonment <laughs> yeah, fathers exactly um isn't there a itchy and scratchy with uh panicchio yeah 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 but yeah that's a movie that seems like it's striving for something that it doesn't quite get to it's it's a it's a i mean i can watch it i can watch it when it's on every once in a while but yeah, I know. Yeah. The same same thing for American Gangster, which is the next one. Boy, where did that one go wrong? Yeah, you have Ridley Scott, you have Denzel Washington, I... you have Ridley, and you have uh, Russell Crowe. I don't know if it went wrong. You you like this movie? Uh... <sighs> Denzel's performance is pretty freaking great. Yes, I agree. And I am a Denzel apologist, and I like. I was telling my friend the other day who was watching this movie. The friend that sends me screenshots of what he's watching, and I try and guess the movie, and I'm usually right. And I was like, this this is basically a much more violent version of Catch Me If You Can't. And once I sort of made that, he was like, whoa. Because <laughs> at the end, Denzel becomes, you know, basically he's going to help Russell Crowe in investigating um, organized crime and whatnot, turns it around. It's trying too hard to be an epic and span all these years and I don't think Russell Crowe is anywhere near as up to it as Denzel is in this movie. Um, There's just sometimes where he looks tired. Long <laughs> line. <laughs> was this long line of Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe. Like, Russell Crowe was in everything yeah, he Body did. of Lies. And uh, he was, you know, obviously, it started with Gladiator. And then you had uh, Body of Lies. You had this. You had Robin Hood. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, there was, I think there was, a, oh, there was another one that was that uh, one where he's a businessman or something. Good year, a good year. Oh was yeah, another one. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. And so like it was that long stretch. He was in Les Mis, which was directed by <laughs> totally. <Ridley>. Yes, <laughs> yes. Can you um, imagine Ridley Scott's Les Mis. Oh my god. <laughs> no, this is way too long for me. This American Gangster. It's it's like two and a half hours. It is like that. It is. And it's like this story could be told and and cut down and everything. And I just wouldn't say the whole thing is is forgettable or 
ignorable. No, he he is very good. You're right. Denzel is always fantastic. Yeah. It was this, yeah, it was also a period of time where all these like gangster movies really like coming up short. Like Public Enemies yep. came out a little, like a year after this, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and just, I don't know what it is. How can you fuck these kind of stories up? Mm. You know, just, it's like they're almost forgetting to put excitement into these biopic type movies. Yeah. You know, or when they are like, it's super spaced out. Yeah. So yeah. like the, the dynamic parts like that scene in public enemy, I know we're not supposed to be talking about public enemies, but like this, that scene where Christian Bale's chasing him through the woods and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you hear the percussive gunshots and all that. stuff. that's a great scene. Yeah. But that's the only great scene in that movie. Yeah. And it's like the, the part where Denzel goes into that party and fucking shoots the guy yeah. and starts telling him like how to get the, the blood out of the carpet and shit yeah. like that. That's a great scene. Yeah. But it's like sandwiched in between a bunch of like boring shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, this, this, that movie was the American gangster. So exhausting. I've forgotten most about most everything about yeah, it. That's fair. Um, then American hustle um okay this is, uh this is another one that I, is good mm-hmm. i don't know if it ever like quite gets there to be great no. but it's it did get nominated for a bunch of it shit did, yeah. and that's why i watched it and i remember thinking okay so this that was okay it could be an hbo original film in terms of like <laughs> budget and performances nobody really stands out as i guess is this the one that has louis ck in it yes as like a funny little yes. moment but that that's all i remember standing out as fun again like i'm bringing up louis ck as a good thing um <laughs> because it's got a great cast bradley cooper oh, yeah. jeremy renner um oscar girl jennifer lawrence um, <laughs> amy, adams. amy adams and yet somehow it just kind of feels okay watchable but not if, great i wonder if david o russell just bought into his own bullshit after three kings i think david o russell yes i was gonna say, i thought you were gonna give him more credit than that yes i think he bought into his own bullshit after spanking the monkey yeah i think yeah. so too um because again it's not this is not a guy i'm gonna give a lot of rope to in terms of like saying nice things about him he's made some good films but there yeah. are too many reports of him being an asshole on set for me to give him much rope he yeah. makes he makes good some like three kings i think would qualify as great yeah uh, I, I think it's great but otherwise I don't really know if there's any. Well, you guys like, like the fighter more fighter, than I do. The fighter's yeah. good. Um, I didn't ever see that Joy movie at all. Joy is well. It's like it'll make you stab yourself with an ice pick. And I and I like and I like. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that, I think I, I that's think that's why I didn't open it because it comes with a free ice pick. <laughs> but you know you're in trouble when yeah, that happens. Exactly. It's like pasted on the side of the Blu-ray. And he also did Silver Lang's playbook, which yeah, was yeah. which was fun. Too. That's probably after Three Kings his best, yep. I would say. Um but yeah, he bought into his own and a lot of other people have bought into his bullshit. Bradley Cooper's made a bunch of movies with him, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Robert De Niro. Yep. Robert De Niro shows up in Joy and you're just like, fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this guy like paying for your like increasing medical bills or like why are you here? Well, he, he got he got a, his first Oscar nomination in forever for Silver Linings Playbook. So maybe so that's it, like some kind of payback. I think I think now he's like, yeah, I trust this guy. He got me another nomination. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of Oscar nominations, did you watch that Nick Cage thing that I tweeted uh, yesterday? No, I don't know if you saw this. GQ did like a twenty minute sit down with Nicolas Cage where he breaks down like his his uh, most iconic characters and everything, including like Con Air, Face Off, uh, Leaving Las Vegas, obviously, and stuff like that, and uh, an adaptation. 
And so they, they get to adaptation. He's like, he goes in this whole thing about like, I was Charlie this day because I woke up on this side of the bed and I was Donald because I walked up on, I woke up on this side of the bed. And like, I've never had a more active, like acrobatic performance and stuff like that. Very eloquent about it. And then he was like, you know, movie came out and uh, Chris was great. Meryl was great. They got nominated. <laughs> it was one of like the most taxing acting performances of my career but you know good for them yeah wow. that's what happens when you're in con air and fucking <laughs> yeah. you know the rock and all that since your last oscar nomination yeah. like, you know people like there was a there was a serious like not serious but there were like people who were seriously saying eddie murphy shouldn't have a dream girls nomination because norbit came out oh, at on. the time you know like oh well that just disqualifies them yeah. and whatever nothing disqualifies anybody if you do something amazing then i think you should uh get you know get your yeah. proper desserts for it i bet beethoven write, wrote some shit we just never heard it yeah yeah I bet he sure. wrote some yeah. turds guaranteed yeah. right mozart had a few that he probably wanted back yeah <laughs> <laughs> he definitely did we Ryan all know Klein, Nash music like, yes. chopsticks when yes. he wrote chopsticks yeah. he's probably like oh that's too elementary i gotta yeah. write something better than that yeah um speaking of mozart uh Artie lang's beer league <laughs> i've somehow seen this this is fucking awful this yeah, is I'm sure fucking it is. awful i don't know how he got funding well this i know how he got funding he was on the howard stern show at this point um and was a beloved figure this is right when he moved to sirius and he was like part of the i think the original crew when uh howard stern made the move to satellite and he got super popular and i think overwhelmingly so because that's when he attempted suicide so uh, this is a this is a bad movie. I've not seen it, and now I will not. Yeah, uh, and then we have uh, I, I think there's a several movies called Bad Company. Uh, <laughs> but this is the Joel Schumacher one that has Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock in it. Uh, I can't even remember if I saw this. Not the Ellen Barkin one. It is not. <laughs> and this is that the one was where... that that was that uh, God that was like '90s. I think bad that Bad Company. Yeah, there's, yes, it a, was. there's a couple and uh, Lawrence Fish Larry yeah. Fishburne. Yeah, that was one of the first, um, yeah, it was 95 when that one came out. That was the one of the first Red Band trailers I had ever seen was Bad Company. But this one is a Joel Schumacher uh, vehicle. I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, it, so Chris Rock is playing the brother, the twin brother of his CIA brother that got Played killed. by Anthony Hopkins. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's not awful. No, nah, it's pretty awful. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It's pretty awful. It's not as bad as... The band Bad Company writing a song called Bad Company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty fucking bad. Uh, then we have Be Kind Rewind. Uh, this is yeah. a this is another one that's almost there. And it's just so it's, slight. It's delightful in places. Yeah, and not so much totally. It's whisper thin. And it was yeah. some, coming off of something, Michelle Gondry did this. Coming off of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which had gravitas and humor and all kinds of crazy shit like cerebral stuff then he does be kind rewind i'm like super psyched for it because jack black and most stuff and like it's just it's it's paper thin. this movie has way too large a cult following online mm -hmm. like there are people online that will talk about this movie <clears throat> with way too much respect really? i'll just call them out you're wrong <laughs> it is like you said it's whispered it's a fucking saltine cracker of a movie yeah in the right context yeah. it's perfect yeah yeah but it's not gonna wow anyone um so yeah that's that that's it it's i feel harmless like fun i feel, almost feel like be kind rewind the plot of this movie would be better and you would have to change a lot but it would almost be better in the age of youtube because 
uh, doing Swede versions of movies and everything and people wanting to see that movie and renting it and going, oh, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted. And it becomes this big, huge cult following yeah. in the town. I'm not exactly buying. Uh, but like if it were on YouTube and people were just putting out their own versions of movies on YouTube, I feel like those could take off. Well, that, because that has happened. There have been a number of viral instances, those kids that spent years doing the Raiders of the Lost Ark Shopper yeah. Shop remake that just recently I saw one where somebody did Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 3. Yeah, they, it was, it was, wasn't it the first Toy Story? It might have been the first, but it they, was with toys. Oh, okay. Like they did, like they had Woody toys and Buzz toys in a live set bedroom. Oh, really? And did like a stop motion remake. Huh. Yeah. Of either a big scene or the and whole it was, movie. It was, it's, ex- I think it's exactly the movie. And Pixar signed off on it too. Oh, interesting. They said, interesting. They said you can do this. This That's is great. Awesome. Huh. You know? Uh, that was a few years ago, unless it, you're thinking of some other Toy Story thing that's happened in the past, whatever. But, um but yeah those are those are fun on that and those kind of levels yep. but uh i don't know <laughs> in be kind rewind i just remember watching it going ah. and there's nothing like conceptually like subversive about this is no. there it's like a pretty straightforward story yeah um so it just it it was just weird coming off coming the on the of- yeah coming on the tail end of when video like people were stopping yeah. to stopping renting videos and everything yeah it was just it, it was a bad time for this movie yeah so i mean it was still another i don't know three or four years before it really started getting bad for stuff like blockbuster and everything mm-hmm which what was the deal with that in a Captain Marvel blockbuster video? Is that is that in the past when? That yeah, happened? it's to establish that it's movie in the movie takes place oh, yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good way. Also, to Also, you probably don't have to pay anybody royalties for that anymore, do you? No, who are you right? going to pay? Oh, who are you going to pay? I don't know. There's uh, isn't there still one in Alaska? There's, no, they shut it they down. Do yeah, the last I think one? they have some sort of streaming service or something like that that they're trying to revive. Really? And, wow. I think they'll wow. be fine. Uh, next one, uh, best picture winner in 2001, A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Uh, oh. More Russell Crowe for your ass. <laughs> for your ass. <laughs> well, who knew he made so many Jersey movies? Yeah. Jersey movies. Yeah, I mean, this happens. So he got sick. Um, John Nash got sick when he was at Yale. Um, and that's when he was doing all that, that stuff on the window and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he ended up teaching at Princeton. And I've said it before. I like this movie. Uh, I do have a connection with the the guy, so that probably helps. But I liked it before I, I mm-hmm. actually met the guy. Uh, I think it's just a great portrayal of schizophrenia. Ed Harris is so fucking great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Paul Bettany is really good in this movie. Yes, it could have been shot, you know, by a different director, you know, in a different way that would make it more visually interesting. But I just dig it. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um it's probably still one of the better Ron Howard movies. Yeah, I think so. Out there. Um, I was underwhelmed when I saw it the first time. I don't know if I've seen it since. Hmm. I saw it in theaters back then, but uh, I don't think I've, I've seen parts of it since. Doesn't it basically go Apollo 13, Willow, and then A Beautiful Mind? <laughs> I mean, aren't you short selling Willow? <laughs> um i know you don't like <laughs> boxing movies i gotta put cinderella man up there though because that's one of the his oh yeah it's one of his yeah. one of his better movies and it nobody saw it i yeah. saw it i saw it it came out six months after million dollar baby though so it was uh it's one of those wasn't that russell crowe too what? yeah 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 russell crowe. and renee zellweger yep Ooh. yeah he's playing and paul giamatti uh, 
it's like depression era like they're all literally sleeping in one room and they have no heat <laughs> yeah the movie kind of that's uh, a good movie but the movie does hammer that oh yeah poor the, living a little too much the depression <laughs> yeah it's all over the place yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too much depression yeah exactly <laughs> uh then we have being john malkovich yeah Ooh. one of the best movies on this list today yeah uh being john malkovich is fucking phenomenal yeah uh spike jones has a really good track record right yes I in mean, fact it's nearly perfect uh i he actually liked where the wild things are yeah a lot of people it's probably do. in the, uh, the lower it, end. it was it was not one of mine just for a variety of reasons that are probably dumb but <laughs> um but uh he's he's one of those guys who doesn't work very often i know and when he does it's fucking great yeah he spends a lot of time on these movies uh being john malkovich was his debut as far really? as as film is concerned he had done a lot of music yeah, videos yeah. sabotage was one of the mm -hmm. the beastie boy sabotage was one of the big ones but uh but yeah this was i think it was his film debut and uh, it's just got it, that premise is so good it's meta but it's also uh it's not it's not so meta that it doesn't let you in, I guess, or whatever. Does that make any sense at yeah, all? Yeah, no, I get like it. sometimes uh, some things are so meta that you're like, I don't know what's real, I don't know what's going going. This one has a good story to it, mm -hmm. like a real, like actual, like oh, a lot of this makes sense in a sci-fi sort of way, you know. Even yeah. though it's more of a drama and comedy and all that i don't think there's much if any score in this movie like there's there's just a, a lot of like dialogue heavy it? it's carter burwell who did the score for this I think. oh yeah well it's got that, you got it's, that it's spare cohen brothers uh sort of score to it and everything uh but uh yeah i love this movie to pieces man like the the whole thing where cusack's going through and learning about the building and <laughs> and and all that and they have a you know they have the the little halfway uh <laughs> level that they have to go on to and stop the elevator there's like the elevator's got all these like dents in it from all the times <laughs> that people have been crowbarring it open hey you know this is the yeah <laughs> this is like one of the only non-regular John Cusack roles that he's ever played. Because mm -hmm. he's he's unrecognizable visually, but like he doesn't act like John Cusack necessarily during this. No, movie. I agree. I agree. He, and that's hard for him to do. I, think. I agree. <laughs> and it's, yeah. You know, and it has its it's uh, it could I guess it's a little heavy handed that, you know, he's a puppet master yeah. and all that. But um, but. I, I really like it. I don't like it too when these actors are in Malkovich and Malkovich has to act like they would inside of yeah. him yeah. and everything, especially towards the end where Keith, where Cusack's in him and everything. And he's like, he's like, I look amazing. <laughs> I'd fuck me. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just the, the, the one thing that I kept thinking during that whole movie, I was like, I wonder if he's going to go inside his own portal. And I was so glad when they, they decided to explore that. Yeah uh being john malkovich great movie we've talked about it a few times uh then there is the bounty hunter jared butler jennifer aniston i don't think i saw this but i think it's like a midnight run type of ripoff type it is movie. yeah he's trying to be funny and cute and charming and stuff like that i think this is every time jared butler was in one of these like this and the ugly truth and yeah. all that they it was uh, they were awful. well and it's like she's like his ex-wife or something yes yeah there's never saw it never had any interest it's it's bad all right let's move on then there's brewster's millions i never saw this never saw oh, really this is one of those movies that when blockbusters were around 
I walked past it so many times. I was like, I wonder what that movie's all about. This was like a PG Richard Pryor movie, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, he, he had a run of, and we'll get to another one of, of like Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor movies. And then this was, was his big, I think, uh, his, his solo piece. But this is a fun movie. It's a really interesting premise. He has to spend $30 million within, I think, a week or something like that to gain... 300 million dollars mm-hmm. he's like a retired ball player or something like that and so it the, the whole thing is like he has to, there's parameters on what he can do with the money and stuff like that but it's him going through this week trying to spend 30 million dollars so he can get this fortune mm-hmm. and it's it, it's hilarious he's he was such a good actor like facially mm-hmm. like you know when the eyes got all big and everything yeah. and he's he's screaming and all that stuff and then he would, he, you know, he'd tone it down and he could really, that's how he sold jokes so well. Well, I was going to say, that was that is what made his stand-up so good, yeah. was that he sold it physically, a lot of it with his face, yeah. uh, in a way that a lot of stand-ups don't even bother crying. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah. 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 And now uh, this is this is a fun movie. John Candy. I think you would that? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, this is something that, I, it's one of those that just has been buried over time, because mm. like I said, used to see the the video cover all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 I, and I probably... Probably registered it as something I couldn't watch because Richard Pryor was in it and because mm. everything was R rated. Yeah. <laughs> but this is PG all the way. This is a this is a family comedy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then there's Broken Flowers. Boy, this what this was. This is one of the best Bill Murray performances of all time. I fucking love this movie so much. This is maybe the best Jim Jarmusch. Movie. It's one. Of, it's certainly the most accessible one. Like it's yeah. Like oh, sure. most of the ones that he does are like. You know, you have you, you have to be like in a real mood yep. to watch it. This one is more straight laced. Yeah, um, Jeffrey Wright is is. Uh, I thought I now Jeffrey Wright has had a great career after this. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, but I thought he would be bigger after this than he is. Like I don't think you hear Jeffrey Wright's name and immediately assume that's a movie I got to go see. No, no. Uh, no. But when he was in this, and he's he's playing sort of like a an amateur detective. Yeah, I think he's like a mystery writer or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I, he's so good in it. I thought he was going. I don't think he got nominated, but he, he should have been nominated. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But uh, it, what is it? He's Bill Murray's going to all these different women that he's had relationships with in the past. He gets a note from. A, oh yeah uh, from somebody saying that he has a 19 year old son mm-hmm. and so he doesn't know who it's from so he's got to go back to like the 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 most obvious candidates and like francis conroy is one uh is it uh it's not michelle pfeiffer uh sharon stone, sharon obviously, stone is one, yeah who's got a very precocious and very naked daughter yeah um, <laughs> just comes in like on the phone he's like uh, he's like at the fireplace or something she comes in like on the phone completely naked and then her name's lolita of course oh that's right yeah uh, and and she just looks at him and just laughs and like goes back down the hall um uh the other ones are let me just pull it up because i'm curious francis conroy is one uh jessica lang is one uh julie delpy and the one that super hates him is um tilda swinton oh yeah yeah and uh yeah and oh my god watch watch this movie and watch it till the very end because it's got one of the coolest endings that i've seen in forever Mm -hmm. uh there's he i don't want to i don't want to spoil it it's it's got one of the coolest endings that that sets you up for one thing and then just kind of hits you in the gut it's very Mm. cool um then there is chasing amy i think this is still kevin smith's best movie i agree 
Although Over on clerks? the day that I watch yes. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I will pick it. Yeah. <laughs> but then on every other day, I will come back to Chasing Jay Amy. Jay and Silent Bob is probably my favorite and funniest. Okay. But Chasing Amy, I think, is his best. Now, of course, since this movie's come out, a lot of things have changed. Mm -hmm. The old idea of whether or not you can change a lesbian mm -hmm. or not is a matter of controversy at this point. Um, back then it wasn't really, although there were, it were some, there were some, there was some controversy about it back then. Well, there was even a whole Seinfeld episode where Elaine was trying to mm -hmm. get a gay guy to switch teams right. by sleeping with him. And she succeeds for about 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes back to his team. So, Again, in the era that it was made, I think it's totally harmless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Ben Affleck and Joey Lauren Adams are uh, are really good in this. They really play off of each yeah. other really well in this. And there's that great scene where, you know, of course, it's all in the rain and everything. And she's like telling him, you know, I'm gay. I can't just, you know, just decide, you know, you can't just change me and like we're going to start dating and it's going to be happily ever after and everything. And then the little do we know that's even that's the smallest of his worries, mm -hmm. whatever is, you know, because after that, he can't come to terms with the fact that she's had so many sexual partners. Right. And he just can't he can't get his mind over it and everything because she was made fun of for this. And she's like, got she's it's intimidating. I'll and tell all you that. What, I tell you why it's great, uh, because it's relatable. You ever had this this issue? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. I've had this issue. What issue? Uh, with jealousy, with uh, being with a woman who's had a lot of experience. Um, one of the many college girlfriends that I have amalgamated into <laughs> multiple sin mm -hmm, jokes, mm -hmm. one of them had had tons of sex in high school and wanted nothing to do with sex with me. It was a very unique relationship. Yeah. Because she was That's very a, open with it. I've had all kinds of sex. Like There was even one time where we I slept with that guy. Like yeah, that guy walking by. I'm like, and it's, wow, it's, I don't really need to know that. Well, it's something like that. That's exactly <laughs> what what is explored in Chasing Amy, where yeah. it's the whole finger cuffs thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like he's confronted with this, and it's not like he can just da 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 da. da I'm not going to listen. Mm -hmm. Like he's just going to have to deal with this, and that's his inability to do that is one of the many reasons that that this is just never going to work yeah. out. I think that's fairly relatable. It's yeah, totally. Like relatable. I think a lot Much of more guys so than changing that, a lesbian. Well, I was going to say I think a lot of guys. <laughs> Even if you take out like the the, the homosexuality angle, if you, a, a lot of guys were about to get married and found out the woman they were marrying or the guy they were marrying um, had had three dozen sexual partners and they'd only had a few in their. I think anybody would have a hard time with that at least at first. The idea is do do you and I'm not meaning this as a pun. Do you measure up right uh, yeah. to uh, any of the other past partners? I think you should mean it and as the, a pun. And, yeah. Now that I've said it, <laughs> I, it's totally a pun. Uh, um, I think that's also the, the point in this too, is that she says, I don't, I, I tried all of those people and they didn't have what I was looking for. And that's what she's trying to tell him throughout this entire thing. It doesn't matter what you're like compared to everybody else. I found somebody that I'm happy with. And that's the point of the whole thing. Um, at, I don't know. I don't know if I really buy the Jason Lee is pissed off at him thing throughout this movie. I know that we're supposed to think he's gay and like that, you know, that he's secretly gay and that Ben Affleck is his like, you know, the love of his life or something like that. That's what a lot of people have theorized. Anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Because later on in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, he Jason Lee is in a throwaway joke 
is with the black dude. From, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and yeah, yeah. you know, there's that whole insinuation that they're together and everything. Um, but I don't know. I don't. Do you do you buy that as a best friend? Like getting upset that you're your best friends with somebody who was a lesbian or whatever. I mean, and- I, mean I, I think that it's, it's less about, and again, it's just a theory or whatever. I, I would think it's less about like the, you know, having romantic feelings for him or something like that. than it is more, he's feeling like his, his only support is being taken away because he doesn't really have any other support. Like he's fully dependent on on ben affleck's character yeah. and otherwise like he's just pushing everybody else away yeah he's there, a dickhead to and there's else. a there's you know there's some sort of uh you know symbolism there that he's a tracer and he's he's yeah. just going over yeah. the lines of what he's doing and all that uh i i love this movie despite any kind of controversy that you have out of it and everything i really really enjoy it and i've seen it a good 30 times probably. oh really yeah um and uh also it's where pronoun game came from that's right because uh that's where when joey lard adams is talking to her lesbian friends about and he she keeps saying they and Mm -hmm. you know instead of he and everything the one friend's like why are you playing the pronoun game (laughs) and uh that's where that all came from that's right uh it's out of order, but Clerks is next. Interesting. Yeah, obviously a good chunk of the Kevin Smith, especially the early stuff, is all set in New Jersey. It's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's all set in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's not from. Yeah. Well, Scott Mosier is producers from Canada. So uh, I think yeah. a lot, I think he's sort of developed an affinity for, well, and he also was like a big Degrassi fan. And everything. Yeah. Anecdotally, I just read an article a couple of days ago that he had to rewrite his next Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie script. Uh, because of uh, all the fat jokes that were in it since he lost so much oh, weight. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> so um, I thought that was kind of, you know, it's a good it's a good problem to have. He's he's skinnier and healthier and yeah. um but I just thought that was interesting. Your life changes that much in eight months. Yeah. Had to completely write a script. That's funny. Anyway. Uh Clerks was in that year of nineteen ninety four that was so just amazing mm-hmm. for film. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer for this on Pulp Fiction. It was attached to that. Uh, and it came out probably about a month later or so. Um, but uh, it was a new era of this dialogue-driven type of movie. And people had some really interesting things to say, really R-rated things to say, but stuff that you haven't heard before and talked about in such a... And that's what why Clerks is still revered today because it it has that what that natural dialogue with some real gross stuff in it but mm-hmm. like that's how people really do talk about stuff i think i can see your kidneys yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but it, it's uh it's vignettes and everything yeah. it's it's uh it's people coming into the store and introducing new problems there's a thread of a story in here where you know he's not supposed to be here today and like he wants to get back together with his old girlfriend who mm-hmm. uh, who was the town slut back in the day and probably yeah, still a, is yeah and then uh, his current girlfriend sucks a bunch of dicks. yeah yeah exactly sucked a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah how many dicks did you suck <laughs> try not to suck any dicks in the parking lot <laughs> um, come back here <laughs> but you know um but yeah uh it's it's just these it's just these conversations all the way through black and white cheap as hell uh and i don't think it took it took a long time for this movie to actually make a profit though because of the marketing and the the songs they put in it Mm. and all that uh because yeah miramax came in and bought it and then that's when you got all those like big like you know soul asylum and back in the day soul asylum and all Mm -hmm. that allison Mm chains 
Um, but yeah, Clerks is really good. And there was an alternate ending where he gets shot at the end. He gets killed. I did not know and, that. And uh, he was like, uh, this is why you have good editors, man, because, <laughs> you know, they took me, talked me out of this. <laughs> but then you can, you can still see that alternate ending where just somebody walks I need to in. Check that. Oh, I think I have seen He walks that, yeah. in, he's like, we're closed. And the guy's like, just shoots him. And that's, it goes to black. Wow. Sopranos. And, foreshadowing yeah uh and then we can talk about clerks too as well which i don't think i mean now it, you listen to kevin smith and scott Mosier and all those guys they like clerks too better i don't nope i don't think this is anywhere near and and at this point the surprise is gone right we've seen movies like this and this is now it's a slicker version of it mm -hmm. and i don't think it adds much to it to be a slicker like you know now that four was it 12 13 years had passed uh when this one came out and um it's got funny moments in it it's it's got funny moments but uh for the most part ah, i just there's some things that drag in here and um yeah. i'm not buying dante and rosario dawson for or one minute dante and jen swaback yeah yeah i mean uh <laughs> i mean god bless brian o'hall <laughs> exactly we've talked we've talked to this guy he knows he knows um, uh yeah no it, it's almost worth watching for that that prison scene or yeah, that jail yeah, yeah. scene between randall and dante yeah but man i rewatched this again not too long ago and i was like man just cannot connect and it's not just them like a lot of people love this movie mm -hmm. love it more than clerks and I, I i just don't get it yeah uh then there is uh mall rats another one that you know this was his follow-up to clerks this came out the year after mm -hmm. i think clerks had probably made its way through like festivals and stuff that's why mall rats came out not too long after uh mall rats was supposed to be a big you know animal house type comedy nudity and all the you know language and everything there's barely any nudity well, in, it's but, all joy lauren adams yeah <laughs> for like a brief second uh but uh this movie uh yeah there's something that that got lost here there's another one that just i i've given mall rats a lot of chances Me too i've probably seen that over 30 times yeah and it i think we've i think we've hit on it right it's claire Forlani and it's jeremy london who yep. sort of like ruined this movie like everybody else is fine mm -hmm. but you know they're not they're not made for this type of movie yeah uh then uh, dogma which i've never never enjoyed at all um, you never enjoyed it no oh man i like this movie i like this movie a lot saw it once didn't like it never saw it again <clears throat> Are we doing? Are we just doing all the Kevin Smith? Yeah, it's all right in a row here. Yeah, cool. I didn't look at the list. I'm I'm lazy. Uh, yeah, I didn't really like Dogma all that much. Um, it just felt a little reachy. Reachy how? Um, on the religious stuff or on the what? Yeah, the edge of edginess, the finding comedy and pushing <laughs> buttons. <laughs> I'll tell you one one thing that that I mean there are, there are good moments in this but man shit monster come on no yeah that's obviously that's you definitely know, the weakest part yeah um that that's just I don't know man I like Linda Fiorentino I think is a great protagonist I think Jay and Silent Bob are used in this just enough mm -hmm. I fucking love uh, Matt and Ben in mm -hmm. this in this role because they're having these conversations while they're doing their angelic deeds and stuff like that yeah and they're really just they don't give a shit what's going on mm. you know and uh i think that's really good it, it kind of falls apart at the end but like i i'm down I i'm have, down with this movie i may have to give it another shot someday i watched it in theaters back when it came out oh really 
Um, and I had a bad experience with the theater that I watched it in too. So that could have probably contributed. Maybe worth uh, a, a look, but There's, it may be a, might be worth a take a look uh, again. Sometime. It's, it ain't perfect and it is heavy handed and it is technically preachy in a different way. Um, in some parts, but in general, it's just like good Kevin Smith dialogue with, you know, interesting characters. And, uh, yeah, I think Linda Fiorentino and Alan Rickman, my God, yep. that dude is fucking great in this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's worth, a, it's worth a watch. And then there's Jersey Girl. That's not very good at all. PG 13, yeah. PG 13 movie. The, the best part of it to me is when Affleck takes his daughter to see, uh, uh, Sweeney Todd and <laughs> it's way more violent than he thought it would be. Uh, now Jane, uh, Silent Bob Strike Back is not listed in this. Uh, I mean, list. yeah, they start off in, in Jersey, but then it's a cross country. Yeah, it is cross country after that, but, um, I don't know. You know that we talked about it a little bit. I think that's still the funniest one that he's made. It is, and when I first saw it, I thought it was just it was. I thought it was too meta. I thought mm. it was like too wacky and zany and stuff like that. And for whatever reason, it's probably the one that I come back to. Yeah, more I mean, often. it's 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 just uniformly good yeah. all the way through. Uh, then we get out of the Kevin Smith the uh, the View of Skew universe there, and we're on to Coneheads. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I am I am actually super proud to tell you I have never seen this movie. Oh yeah, I, I have. Um, and it was probably in 1993 the last time I saw it. Yeah, there's a there's like a semi interesting thing like in this movie where because it's uh, Michelle Burke who is the sis to the daughter in this, and there's a scene with her friends in a car or whatever, and it's Joey Lauren Adams and it's uh, I think it's uh, Parker Posey. Really? And that's from Dazed and Confused. They, oh, that's she, funny. she sort of invited them to come over and <laughs> be her friends and that. I think, I think that's how that came down or whatever. But yeah, Coneheads, another Saturday Night Live. This was way past its prime when it came out. Yeah. And like, it wasn't, it wasn't funny during Saturday Night Live. No. Maybe like the first time, maybe the first couple times, but no. Yeah. All right. Fish out of water. Yeah. You look stupid. Do you look like a conehead? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, then Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Lindsay Lohan movie. I never saw this. You never did? Nope. Yeah. Too it's... many movies starting with the word confessions. <laughs> confessions of a confession. Dangerous Mind. Confessions of a Shopaholic. Confessions of whatever this fucking movie is. This was like right These around. These are her. my confessions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, this was like at the probably the peak of Lindsay Lohan era. It is. This was the funny because when she started like you know going downhill and everything. Did you ever watch the Soup, the Joel McHale uh, yeah. The Soup? Yeah. Because they would have it was it was during the time where Miley Cyrus was on the rise <laughs> and she was on. Any time they did a Miley story, it was like it's my. And then they would do a Lindsay Lohan story. He's like, it's Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, came out the same year as Mean Girls. And um, then it was definitely a big year for her. Yeah. Mean Girls was the very height of her popularity. And then after that, yeah, nothing came out that was worthwhile. How old do you think she is? How old? Yeah. She's 32. Wow. Still young. Yeah. She was born in 86. Yeah. Then there is um, Copland. Copland. Oh. Copland's good. Copland is good. There are basically two kinds of James Mangold movies. Uh-huh. Good ones and the other ones. Yes. <laughs> and when he's good, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And this was this drew me in. Probably they did this on purpose, but it was like one of the first kind of against type 
Stallone mm-hmm. roles that I had seen in a long time. He's very soft-spoken. He's partially deaf. He's put upon by all these New York cops who live in his Jersey town and push him around and are dirty. And he just decides eventually enough is enough. And it's like kind of one man against crooked cops. It's totally good. Just I would a totally recommend huge it. cast in this too. Everybody uh, is in this. You have De Niro. You have Leota. You have Keitel. Yep. Leota has that that great line where like being right is not a bulletproof vest freddy um uh but yeah peter berg's in it janine garofalo robert patrick michael rapaport annabella shiora noah emmerich kathy moriarty john spencer frank vincent i mean it's just a million people you've seen before and 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 have enjoyed before good movie this has gotten lost in time yeah people you know it's one of those that, that doesn't like frequently appear on like the uh the netflixes and the amazons and stuff like nope. that and mm. uh it should because it, it really is good it's interesting because i don't think it made a lot of money uh nor did it get the critical acclaim that it it was expected to because it was expected to because of that cast well and he had uh, this is early in his career he had made heavy mm-hmm. and i think that might have been the only thing and that had a bunch of buzz and critic critical darling and so that's how he was able to land this massive cast yeah. for this movie and so i think there were so many expectations we expected an A plus. It came in an A minus, and so everyone just forgot about yeah. it. But it's still really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let, let's prove this Jeremy theory, by the way. So Heavy was his first movie. Good. Copland. Good. Uh, Girl interrupted. No. No. Uh, no. That was one of those where the entire awards season, I was just like, "What fucking movie did you watch?" Uh, mm. Okay. Anyway, so so maybe mixed. maybe may, yeah maybe that uh, disproves the theory. Well. Kate and Leopold, no. Not no. <laughs> Identity, yes. yes. Walk the line, yes. yes. Uh, 310 to Yuma, yes. yes. Night and day, no. no. <laughs> the Wolverine, no. And then Logan. Yes, <laughs> yes. I want to play this game with multiple directions. <laughs> well, we would rarely be, we would rarely find that level of consistency. <laughs> but uh, that was very fun. We should maybe do that again. Yeah, someday. we should. Speaking of great Stallone movies, Daylight. Yeah, oh, Jesus not, not a great. This is only a Jersey movie because Jersey's on the other side of the tunnel. Well, though, yeah, right? they're in the middle of the the Holland Tunnel. You okay. got New York on one side, you got Jersey it's on the really other. It's really more of like a Hudson River movie, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> We should. It'll be Sully and Daylight. The Hudson River proxy. <laughs> yeah, this was kind of like a mini resurgence of disaster type movies, mm-hmm. and this was Stallone's, and it was no good. No, it wasn't good at <laughs> no, all. This sucked. Yeah, it sucked very bad. Desperately seeking Susan. Yeah, man, that was a fun movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah, really. This was Madonna, right? This was, I think, the first Madonna feature because she did Who's That Girl? I think mm-hmm. after this, and then Dick Tracy and all that stuff. Uh, but this is Rosanna Arquette, and um, she obsessively looks over like personal ads and stuff like that, and she sees a guy that is desperately seeking Susan, mm-hmm. who is Madonna, and then they get into all kinds of hijinks and stuff like There's that. There's a lot of desperation in these titles, chasing Amy, <laughs> desperately seeking Susan. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're really going a long way to chase after these girls. Writing an entire journal about Cindy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, oh yeah oh man yeah uh then we have uh don john uh that was the joseph gordon levitt directed movie right hey yes. what'd you think of this pretty forgettable uh, oh really you think i thought it was i thought it was kind of weak i don't mm. i don't know what to think of think of this i have seen it one time 
it is kind of i mean i guess it is kind of interesting in that you know i guess from a from a male point of view you're like you're like hoping that scarlett johansson is like that freak in the bed type of type of person or whatever that's what he seems to lament throughout this whole thing like Mm -hmm. like every time we have sex it's missionary and that's it and blah 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 and it's like trying to i guess trying to come to terms with you know not every woman's gonna be well especially given his addiction he's addicted addicted to porn and everything yeah but see if you want to make a movie about being addicted to porn and it affecting your sex life or your romance life do you really go this hard into comedy and cartoonish accents because i feel like you rob yourself of any chance to make an impact right that's what was off-putting for me was it felt like i want to make a statement but i really want to make you laugh and so i'm going to kind of be both it seems like the comedies is front-loaded too right and you're right but joseph gordon levitt his acting and his accents typically frustrate me and take me like <laughs> looper was the same way like it it, it just even he, some of the Tony stuff dances in, in this movie and he sounds ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah scarjo i don't think can really pull off that jersey accent either and yeah you're you're right you're right but i i think the thematic uh elements of this and especially julianne moore coming in and like halfway if you really really this, like so. joseph gordon levitt then you probably have already seen it but it's probably worth a watch yeah uh, all right, now next one on the list is the Dream Team. This is the one where Michael Keaton is like in a mental hospital of yeah. some sort or whatever, and there's like he's got his three buddies and they're going out for the first time in forever. As, yeah, you know, yeah, I haven't I, seen I, it in forever. I used to watch the shit out of this movie. We had it on VHS, so it was 1989. And uh, yeah, he's the, the psychiatrist is like, I'm going to take these guys out and get them some air. I think he actually takes them to a Yankees game. So it's mm-hmm. a little New York. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then they get lost and uh, he gets incapacitated. So Michael Keaton has to take over this this band of misfits. One of the guys thinks he's Jesus. So he ends up at a, a black church and leading a revival and stuff like that. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Until they expose him as a fraud. But it's interesting because it's got Christopher Lloyd in here mm-hmm. uh, who famously portrayed a mentally ill patient in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. Mm. I thought and, you were going to say taxi. <laughs> back yeah. to the future. Back to the future, too. <laughs> yeah. Peter Boyle's in this. This is this is a fun movie. It's Michael Keaton, like a leading man, Mr. Mom style, like still hilarious and still manic, but not as untethered as like a Beetlejuice or something like that. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. Oh, it's a great movie. I totally recommend it. Um, you like it, too? Dream Team? Awesome. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hmm. I, I, I don't think I would have expected those words to come out of your mouth. Sorry, it was introduced to me by Josh Childs and uh, in an era where we just if we liked something, we watched it over and over and mm-hmm. quoted it all the time. This was one of those movies. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, then there's The Family Man. We were talking about Nicolas Cage earlier. Um, oh, this, terrible. It's a wonderful life ripoff. Yeah. And it's Brett Ratner. And it's yeah. Taya Leone. She's good. Yeah. But it's basically, I mean, there's not a single beat in this movie that you haven't seen before in It's a Wonderful Life. Guy makes, guy wishes for some other life, then he gets to experience it, realize how shitty it is, and then he wishes for his old life back. Well, no, what it's the opposite. Do? It's the opposite. Well, they're, they're trying to, it's yeah. the same. <laughs> isn't, it totally isn't, is. it, well, isn't it kind of like, uh, what's that, uh, Mr. Destiny that came out uh, oh, a few yeah, years yeah. where instead of striking out in the big game he finds out what would have happened if he had hit the home run uh, and and then he sees his life as that you know as yeah. what would it would have happened then this is the same sort of deal right mm-hmm. where he sees what would have happened if he had married Leone or what were yeah it's it's what would happen if like he had spent more time with his family and stuff like mm-hmm. that because he's like a once again like a 
fast paced business. It's basically click. Yeah, it's it's click. Click a wonderful life. <laughs> really, it's four years before click or whatever it is. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I saw it when it came out. I don't remember a thing about it. No, I remember the trailer or kind of. It's got um, Don Cheadle as like the uh, the the dude. The, as the, the guy, dude, the, the dude, the dude, the, the, the dude that uh, causes all of this mishmash to happen. Uh, then there's Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the original in part two. Camp Crystal Lake is in New Jersey. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, that first Friday the Thirteenth is a piece of shit. It really is, right? I mean, obviously the second one is too, but like that first one, like it's amazing it became as much of a cult hit as it did. I can and watch that, the second one a lot, well, a lot it's, more. Well, it's because Jason is finally a part of it. Right. Like the first one is the is the is the mom, and <laughs> she's playing it so hammy. Like she she I I can't remember what the um, the story is on this. This is something where Jonathan would be great to have here. But uh, I think she she either thought she was in a comedy, <laughs> or she thought she was doing the best performance ever. <laughs> And when she saw the movie, she was like, oh, this sucks or whatever. But yeah, that, like, killer mommy, killer. <laughs> like, good God, I can't stand that shit. Um, but uh, yeah, Friday the 13th, one of the many a long line of slashers that uh, became super popular in the 80s. Um, and uh, this was just, you know, started off uh, cheaply like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all those movies. Why do you think it did? uh catch on do you, do you think it didn't catch on until part two when jason became jason i think that the i i think that these movies are so cheap to make that when they make double their money back or whatever it is that this one the first friday the third thing probably made way more than its budget uh that coming out with sequels is just natural and then you have that slow building cult following by the time it gets to 1987 or whatever, where he's taking Manhattan and shit. Um, <laughs> now, you guys don't realize this if you didn't grow up in the 80s, but there was a long time where movie franchises that did too many sequels, if you were making that joke, you were making it about horror movies. Almost, oh, yeah. almost exclusively. Because yeah. it was Friday the 13th, it was Nightmare on Elm Street, the horror movies were the ones that kept doing over and over and over, Halloween. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, any movie that makes more than twice its budget will be yeah. sequel. Green. And now mm-hmm. they, now it's like, uh, instead of trying to make well i mean they still kind of make quickie sequels to everything but now movies get into the sevens and eights and all that yeah. and it's not a, nobody bats an eye about that type of stuff back in the day it's like what else can you do yeah um then there is garden state uh this was zach braff's uh directorial debut yeah. he stars in it with natalie portman what do we think about this um i think we all hyped it a little much when it came out but now we're all under hyping it a little too much <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like it came out and we were all like holy shit the next great american filmmaker <laughs> and when really we should have said what a quaint enjoyable movie yeah and now we're all like what a piece of shit we are because we're so ashamed of ourselves for over hyping it <laughs> yeah that there's honestly you wouldn't want to spend much time on reddit if you're a huge zach braff fan oh really at least at least after the kickstarter where he made the movie uh, and then yeah. sold it to an investor for millions and everybody got mad at him uh, up until then, I think Scrubs, he was skating by on. But, Which, like, as a filmmaker, I don't think he has the respect anymore. By the yeah. way, I, that whole thing never bothered me. That whole, like, uh, Kickstarter thing and everything. People came out of the woodwork on that because they were like, you're rich. Why can't you just 
just go ahead and make it movies cost a lot of fucking money yeah, no man. Shit, man i mean just because you might have 10 million dollars in the bank or something like that doesn't mean you're ready to spend half of it on a movie <laughs> yeah, right you know um and i i can't remember if i saw that movie or not but it didn't get very good reviews or whatever when it oh, came out oh is it out. Uh, i'm not it's not i'm not here but wish i was here i was i wish i was here yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's okay yeah it's not it's not as great as he thinks it is but it's not bad garden, yeah garden state is one of those the trailer is amazing it really is uh and uh, i remember i remember really wanting to see this after the trailer and the tra- i mean the movie itself again i think exactly what jeremy just said um it, it was overhyped and we then we went way too far in the other direction calling it bad when it's got it's good it's a, it's a solid you know yep. i wouldn't turn it off if it was just like hang you know i wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crack that's right <laughs> i actually just saw this again fairly recently like in the last month or so and i was surprised because i hadn't seen it i don't think since it, it came out and i was exactly like what you were saying i was like oh this is so disappointing because religiously watch scrubs i love zach braff trailer blew me away exactly what you were saying and i was totally underwhelmed like i i thought it was a little artificial i thought it was too muted uh especially relative to zach braff's performances normally but yeah watching it again i'm like i I should have given this another shot because this dude is totally repressed the ian holm character is is subtly like just you know suffocating this guy and it takes something it takes a natalie portman yeah <laughs> to get you ahead of well, yourself and there's some clever shots in here too like the the yeah. one that i think everybody remembers is when he's walking away in the bathroom and all of the motion sensor sinks come on one at a time as he's walking past mm. the row of sinks but there was there was a visual flair at work too and again great music choice for the soundtrack oh yeah the shins there's more talent there i would have expected his directing career to have taken off more mm-hmm. wasn't has. this all, wasn't this movie also sort of criticized for having the pixie dream girl syndrome with yeah. natalie portman wasn't yeah. it one of the first to be picked on for that Maybe. i mean probably so it's got to be right around there because yeah i mean she's she's there to facilitate his happiness basically yeah. um and you know she's she's perfect in every way and you know all right listen you know sometimes movies are going to have that yeah. and it's it's not necessarily a detriment to it um yeah this this is worth checking out especially even if you if you didn't like it the first time check it out again i think you'll probably enjoy it more yeah and then there's guess who which was the remake of guess who's coming to dinner it had zoe saldana and ashton kutcher in it uh not very good no um guess who's coming to dinner is a great movie and this one i mean this was the racially swapped one right where she's bringing him home to dinner and it's or yeah it's a black woman instead of a white woman bringing a black man home and all that um but yeah this wasn't very good at all and of course it came out in 2005 (laughs) (laughs) that sucks man bernie mac is hilarious Mm -hmm. fucking zoe saldana is great i get uh, ashton kutcher with his 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 man him like yeah. him, the way he is with his hisness with his hisness with his ashton Kutcher-ness. why are you like that what do you mean the way you are i just i'm not i'm not on i don't think besides dude where's my car or that 70s show mm-hmm. i'm not signing off on any ashton kutcher movie i don't think yeah not, not the steve jobs one no. no but all the rest of them have just been what like terrible rom-coms so mm-hmm. i'm not sure he's even done much he yeah. did he did that butterfly effect movie right that's actually yeah. enjoyable you can watch that movie yeah. they made two sequels yeah. by the way mm-hmm. yeah 
Yes. But yeah, <laughs> he, was a he was in a lot of these What Happens in Vegas, and he was in yeah. uh, like Just Mary. Ju- yeah. Valentine's the, Day. Valentine's Day. <laughs> there are a lot of those shit. Uh, then there's uh, Happiness, the Todd Salons movie. Good. <laughs> oh, ironically named. <laughs> yes, oh, it is ironically named because this is some <laughs> fucked up shit. Yeah, I just it put is. a big do not bother on on this one just don't even bother like what did, what are we going for here aren't there other movies he's made that you could watch to get something out of welcome to the dollhouse yeah which will be later on but uh I, this movie i think might be i'm glad i watched it once i will never watch it again i guess i'd rather watch this than storytelling again but yeah he just <laughs> it's like he wants his viewers to hate themselves when yeah. they're done watching his movies yeah Phil- and if that's the goal Bravo, sir. <laughs> yeah, you have Philip Seymour Hoffman who like who like what jerks off onto pictures and sticks them onto his wall. Well, he makes like he does the the what is that thing where you call and make an inappropriate yeah. remark and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, sexual that, prank calls basically. Right, and that's that's how he gets and, his jollies off. And Dylan Baker is uh, oh, he's an awful human being. Yes, he is. Oh. And they they play it up for like. Not not that he should be like thrown into a prison and and throw away the key or anything as as he should yeah they the don't movie. play him like that no, though. yeah you're right you're right and it's just a devastating thing with his son oh. later on in the movie oh. um so yeah probably don't watch this yeah <laughs> yeah it's really like <laughs> fucked up it is uh, then there's Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I love these movies. Uh, yeah, I unapologetically fun. love these they movies. They don't do any New Jersey during the Guantanamo Bay episode? No, they end up in Texas, remember? They run I know, into, they smoke weed with George W., yeah. but they don't start out. And, anyway, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's enjoyable enough, but none of these movies are great. I think the, the Christmas one is actually a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I don't know if I ever saw the Christmas one. I definitely funny. saw the first two. Uh, but, uh, Harold Kumar go to White Castle and it says, you know, it's your, your typical stoner dude, where's my car type, type movie, right? I yep. mean, it is, but man, you got to give this series credit for having two main minority characters mm-hmm. and not even referencing it, you know, hardly at all. I mean, yeah. it, you, you, externally, maybe somebody calls it out, but like, it's, it's just, these are two normal dudes, mm-hmm. and they're not playing into stereotypes, except for like Kumar's dad wants him to go to medical school and stuff like that. But like, it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. It's just funny yeah. stuff, man. And the first one uh, introduced us to Malin Ackerman for the most part. Oh too. wow! And oh, um, yeah. Neil Patrick. Yeah, Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris actually does. Uh, owe a lot to his second wind absolutely i I mean that's barney is basically this character yeah yeah i mean he i mean he had that undercover brother like cameo or whatever and then he was in this and he was like they they made his character into this like big womanizing you know type of character like he's always doing fucking star baller shit you know (laughs) and uh and like uh then that translated into him having how i met your mother that's how he got that was because of through that so which is hilarious the two i guess in his adult career the two main characters that he's known for these super lothario womanizer thing then he comes out as gay, yeah which yeah. is so awesome oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh then we have um hellboy um oh. oh yeah okay this is a this is this is uh i i like this uh okay oh um, you know just okay yeah Oh man, I, I like this movie. I think a lot. Yeah, uh, I actually like the second movie too. But uh, man, it was just 
it was very cool because it's such a silly premise. Ron Perlman looks ridiculous. I wasn't familiar with the the uh, the comics at all with this beforehand. Uh, the trailer looked interesting, but also like just basically like a superhero thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised how much I liked this. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of that is Guillermo del they're, Toro. They're remaking it with David Harbor. Um, I guess it's like next year is coming out, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Hell- Hellboy is one of those. I I. I wish he could. I mean, Shape of Water is probably is probably one of the closest ones, and maybe Pan's Labyrinth. But uh, I wish he could sort of focus on one thing or the other. Hellboy is like way too much visuals and stuff to mm. me. Just like that's the. It, it's not a. It's not a terribly interesting story. I don't think. Uh, I mean, other than the premise itself is yeah. so weird like he's this supernatural being that's helping the fbi yeah you know and that there's this bureau of paranormal affairs and stuff like that this is i think what like league of extraordinary gentlemen should have been like you know mm-hmm. this this you know this this team of superheroes all of which are weird looking not just like regular justice league humanoid you know people that get together avengers uh, they're all weird and they're mm. all quirky and you know you got David Hyde Pierce and you got Ron Perlman yeah. you got Selma Blair and uh, I don't know I just I, I think I, I it probably I'm overrating it because of my expectations yeah, for yeah I think I, I like I said I like it I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point of really loving it or anything uh, then there's IQ I think I saw this along it was the 94 Tim Robbins movie where uh, you know is it who is it that's Einstein in this Walter, Walter Matthau, Matthau right Matthau um and then uh yeah meg ryan is in it's it. adorable it's yeah. cute as fuck it is it's one of those movies that i watched a bunch because no one saw it but mm-hmm. i had seen it and liked it mm-hmm. and so my memory thinks it's great <laughs> when it's just good i'm yeah. sure it's just good but it's not you're not going to be mad at yourself or me if you watch this movie it's charming tim robbins is playing this doofus idiot um <clears throat> And uh, it's fun watching Einstein and his three or four old guy genius buddies as they sort of comment on this romance that's budding and they're trying to play matchmaker. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just adorable. And, yeah. uh, I, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Stephen Fry's in this. Who? Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. As the, right. uh, as the, the uh, uh, standoffish, not really an asshole boyfriend to Meg Ryan, but he's just like aloof. Yeah. Like he just doesn't. He doesn't get it. <laughs> it's funny as hell. Uh, then there's Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! Uh, I don't. I don't think I did end up seeing this movie. I, I saw it. Yeah. I don't remember a thing about it. Yeah. Just that it was bad. What wasn't this also based on a Philip K. Dick? Oh, probably. Sounds about right. Uh, William Gibson. William Gibson. Um, but yeah, it's Canoe, and I believe Dolph Lundgren is in this, and this was his final role until The Expendables. Oh really? Yes. Hmm. I guess he took time off to get his PhD or whatever the yeah. fuck he did. Well, he did do some shit like <laughs> He did that. something like that. Uh, but no, I don't remember anything about it. It is a sort of a punchline type movie, though, because back in the day, at least, anyway, especially yeah. when The Matrix came out, where I think people were like, what, Johnny Mnemonic? And, you know, what? Yep. Like, is this really going to be good? It's an interesting premise. Like, he's, he's, he's a courier. He stores stuff in his brain and mm. stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. like, the effects just weren't there. They weren't ready for it yeah and uh it's canoe playing like a non-neo character that you're supposed to care about and i don't care uh then there's just friends this is actually pretty good did Uh, you like this ryan reynolds and anna ferris and uh, amy smart Mm -hmm. um he's not fat anymore 
yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. I think my titles are always better than that. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually he's, central intelligence. He, he's like Ryan Reynolds, and he's not that. <laughs> he's not fat anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I remember liking this, but I don't remember too much other than what you just said. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but I remember it being pretty good. Uh, then the last broadcast. This movie came out before Blair Witch Project. I still haven't oh. watched this. I really want to see this. Um, it's it's a found footage. Uh, there's a guy who comes in and he's like a you know he's a documentarian type of you know filmmaker guy and like um he's talking about the Jersey Devil. Mm. Uh, and they're talking about this uh this local access show that uh, where these two two friends started it and they were having fun and everything and then they were losing ratings or whatever and whatever you can get in local access i guess uh and they thought one thing they could do is go out into to the woods and try to find the jersey devil so that was their their whole thing so like footage was coming it was was had shown up at this guy's door or somebody's door or whatever like that and some of it was just damaged enough that they couldn't tell what had happened in some of the stuff but uh, the story being told here is they're trying to make these these shows, and um and and try to find the Jersey Devil, but they do end up getting killed. So they're trying to find out was it the Jersey Devil? Was it somebody else? Was it like uh was it the friend? Blah blah blah. Um, and uh, so that's what this guy's doing. He's going through this, and he's he's uh he has to try to figure out if he can get this this film restored that's missing the obvious piece that they need to find out what happened and everything and uh has a great ending hmm. how does this happen where this genre is essentially not done at all and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden this comes out in 98 and then a very similar thing comes out phenomenon in 1999 yeah do you think there's any in, there's not enough time to have any i, I don't know right? i i mean the, the blair witch project had been a thing like a vhs had been passed around on it well before it came out yep uh, that's how i watched it yeah it's how i watched it yeah. too it was the first time i ever saw it i got uh, it from russell yeah russell <laughs> russell was the guy who gave it to us um uh, but uh that was sort of its uh, viral marketing tool almost i don't know if they meant for it to be that but it certainly helped because people were talking about how scary it was and it was one of the first times we're talking about blair witch project now but uh it was one of the first times they made a website and made mm-hmm. it look like it was real and you know this was a real case and like oh they found footage from it like that's crazy you might actually see real people getting murdered <laughs> um and but uh the last broadcast yeah had come out the year before i don't know where the you know it, when one team on blair witch project decided to to make their movie or what they always talked about in search of that tv show like mm. bigfoot and all that that's what they were inspired by and everything and it's not the same in any real way the mm. last broadcast doesn't spend time with its the subjects that are in the found footage too much it's mostly this documentary filmmaker and it's just him just sort of wondering what happened mm. and everything whereas blair witch project's very obviously like you know here's what they shot and here we edited the film for you you yeah. know um so yeah uh it's a it's a ch- very very low budget movie it is uh i don't i don't know if it's even good hmm but it is a fascinating movie, mm-hmm. and I think uh, it's well worth watching, especially for the ending. The ending's, ending's kind of cool. Cool. Uh, then there is Lean on Me. 
Morgan oh. Freeman. Uh, this is where Morgan Freeman sort of became like known to everybody. He had he had had an Oscar nomination before this, but Lean on Me, his principal Joe Clark mm-hmm. character, Crazy Joe. Yeah, yeah. They used to call me Crazy Joe, <laughs> and now they call me Batman. <laughs> um, they uh, yeah, goes into a school that's just so. Like, it's the fucking Wild West in this school, man. <laughs> it is, like, man. people are just bringing guns and knives and shit into this place and selling drugs and everything. <laughs> and uh, and so, like, yeah, he has to go through that, uh, you know, the. I guess, I guess this is something that would happen, right? Somebody wants to clean up the school and and there would be concerned parents out there that are thinking he's too mean. Yeah, and no, sure. And that there's other things in there that he really wishes he could do, like put chains on the door so drug dealers can't come in. But you can't do that yeah. because of the fire code and all that type of stuff. It's uh, I I don't know how people look at this movie this in the in this era though. I don't Is know. It, it's been a do while. You consider it? I consider it good. Oh sure, no, I loved this movie back in the day when I used to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his methods were probably. In, in modern day may not be considered great um mm. i mean he expels a bunch of people when he first gets there mm-hmm. and uh you know it's worth it the ending i remember being really really cool too yeah you know because he's trying to raise the academic standards to like that's his focus and that's that's what i dig about this movie is that he's not like trying to make these people better people mm-hmm. i mean he is but doing it in a very specific way i'm going to raise our academic standards to where we pass on this certain level or whatever it is. And once they inevitably do, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's such a satisfying feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this, I, I really, I really like Lean on Me. I, like I said, I don't think you can really get away with some of the stuff he does, but it's, you kind of root for him to get, go through all that. Michelle Pfeiffer's great in that movie. Well, I was saying my favorite part is when he turns the chair around. <laughs> so is around. Hillary Swank. <laughs> Hillary Swank is amazing. Sam Jackson, <laughs> Sam he has Jack- a great yeah. scene. Yeah. Those, you know, that whole thing with the, 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 you know, the Russian roulette at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh. Uh, so then, uh, then there's lock up. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is a Stallone prison movie that is not escape plan. <laughs> no, yeah, he's had a lot of prison movies. Yes. Tango and Cash goes. He goes to prison. Mm-hmm. Tango and Cash Tango go, Cash to prison. Goes, yeah. go to prison. Let's go to prison. <laughs> uh, so I guess he's had at least three. I, I've never seen Lock Up though. I haven't either. No, Lock Up is when uh, he's it's. A similar to a, like a Con Air situation where he's supposed to be getting out, mm-hmm. but the warden is pissed off at him, so he figures out a way to keep him in, mm-hmm. and he's pissed off by locking it. him up by locking. Yes, him up. <laughs> this it movie, this movie sucks ass. The title, wow. <laughs> uh, then there's the long kiss goodnight. This is a movie written by Shane Black and directed by Rennie Harlan, and it's fun as fuck. It, yes, really, fu- it's not good. Let's not go there. <laughs> but it is fun as fuck. Mm. Uh, and maybe it's good. It's just not, it's not great. Yeah. But if you don't have, like, everybody here is is in on the joke in just the right amount. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Gina Davis is playing it just seriously mm-hmm. enough. And Sam Jackson's playing it just goofy enough that it just, it really works. It's, it's kind of a wonder. You watch a movie like, like this, and you can see so much Shane Blackness. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, because I keep hearing worse and worse stuff about this new Predator movie. Yeah, Have you seen I, it? I, have, I haven't seen it, no. And I just if you wonder how it went so wrong when there's clearly so much talent seemingly every time he's involved with mm-hmm. a project. Yeah, 
I it, I always wonder about stuff like this in Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it before. Uh, how much does he really control on that set? How much does I mean, if he made Predator like he made Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or something like right. that, uh, would it would it be such nutty fun that we'd we'd forgive anything that was bad about it? You know, this is probably half and half, right? Yes. So I just wonder if that you know maybe the studio isn't giving him free reign to do whatever he wants to on those type of movies. He's got a good track record though. Let him do whatever. You know what they're doing though? You know what this is this is uh not true proof, but this is how they this is how they show proof in Hollywood, right? Here's how much money Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the nice guys made. Here's yep. how much Iron Man three made. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna follow what we want to yep. do on this mm-hmm. right they don't look at critical reception when they're making those decisions yeah. it's all dollars and cents yeah uh then there is masters of the universe oh. the fuck jersey <laughs> it's in jersey and Eternia. oh my god i never saw this movie and i'm what? glad i never i never, I never got into either. he-man i shit. got into he-man and i never saw this oh really yeah. oh my god i was so disappointed this, oh oh this is like, like live action right no, it's live action oh, it's god. dolph lundgren as as he-man Frank Langella is Skeletor. Oh my God! Oh, Jesus, <laughs> fuck me! Uh, and Frank. it involves some sort of like kid having like a magic egg or something like that that they have to transport from Eternia to New Jersey. And Skeletor follows him. And there's Orko. And there's fucking like T. Who no, plays Orko? Uh, fucking uh, Willow. Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. I don't think so. Oh my god, that'd be amazing if it really was him. But no, uh yeah. I mean there's there's you know Beast Man and uh fucking uh uh Sorceress and Evil Lynn and Tila and Man at Arms. Yeah. I was so disappointed but in this, this movie. This is this is considered one of the worst movies of all time, it's right? It's so awful. It was 1987, so I was 8 when I saw it. Or I was I was 7 when I saw it. And I was like, "Man, I am so into He-Man. I am jacked for this movie. And it was like the first time in my young life that I was super like, disappointed in the movie. Did yeah. they do did they have previews of this movie during the cartoon? Because I watched the cartoon. I, so. I watched the cartoon a lot. Yeah, me too. And I don't remember this movie ever coming out until like much later in life when people were talking about how bad it was. Yeah. So it's amazing that it's a scuzzy movie maybe i watched he-man but i just ignored commercials maybe that's possible you know who knows i don't remember it being on there but it's it's (laughs) it's gross it's he-man being a commercial in of itself (laughs) exactly um then uh we have nothing but trouble which i did i did see this man Uh, this is a bad movie this is a really bad movie and with that cast i don't know how it's that bad wait this is james l brooks isn't it no this is dan Aykroyd actually directed that was i love i love trouble i'm confused okay um (laughs) nothing but trouble had like candy and it had demi Moore, and was it dan Aykroyd? well yeah he was playing like this aged up thing but chevy chase was the the main character in this oh chevy chase was the main guy yeah um but yeah i remember this is one of those early movies when i was 14 that i realized sucked yeah. like, like like you know movies like this should be like right up my alley at 14 and yeah it wasn't it's got a 4.9 on the imdb oh it's so bad they get uh somehow uh chevy chase and demi Moore like get chased out of uh manhattan or something like that and they end up uh in this random town in new jersey and like it's just weird shit and it's 
it's it's not funny mm-hmm. and it's not like satisfying in any way yeah uh then there's uh on the waterfront which is obviously a great movie i oh, yeah. uh early podcast i said i haven't seen this i have since seen this uh-huh. um uh, but this is great this is marlon brando like at just uh peak uh you know this is this is, this is game best. changing yeah this is probably the best performance he's ever had yeah yeah um I, I watched this probably the first time two months ago. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, getting to that iconic scene and everything, it was, it was, uh, you know, it's, there's something about knowing, a, knowing about a scene and then, and then that scene just comes up yeah. and everything. There's some anticipation that you have for it. But, uh, but yeah, on the waterfront is very good. Well, very- we were talking just you know, the two of us, like, uh, about, how everything because when the crucible came up a few podcasts mm-hmm. ago i mentioned you mentioned the allegory about the uh you know the uh, mccarthyism and stuff like that and this is elia kazan's response to that mm-hmm. essentially because he named names yep and he's basically this is his justification movie yeah and, and when you add that to it yeah 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 it, it's a whole different experience because this is a great movie even like the crucible i thought um at least it's a great play this is a great movie even without that context mm-hmm. with that context this will blow your mind because honestly like you'll be a little bit conflicted by it mm-hmm. because am yeah. i am i in this guy's well, no, corner you're yeah exactly i that's the exact thing that i was feeling by the end of it because i was like wait a wait a minute because <laughs> you're totally in the corner of marlon brando's character yeah but you're not in elia kazan's corner no, necessarily no uh then there is paul blart mall cop isn't just saying the title enough yes, yes. let's move okay on. the perfect score okay so i saw this back when it came out this is chris evans scarlett johansson yeah uh they, they're trying to like rob a teacher of their of his like uh score test like past tests or something like that or is it's it the, for the sat it's the sat yeah, yeah. um and uh yeah i you know what the only thing i remember about this and this is going to sound pervy, but it's, it's, I, I've actually back, even when I first watched this, I thought that's kind of bad. They like do an upskirt shot of Scarlett Johansson in this. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, it's under her desk and like, and like the camera then just moves up to her face. And I was like, oh, I was like, even though I like Scarlett Johansson a lot <laughs> and want to see her naked and all this other stuff, not this way. <laughs> like it was, it made me feel so gross, you know, when it came up and everything. Yeah. But, uh, but like, uh, that's when, all I really remember when about did this it. come out. It's like 2004. I think I was going to say, it's, it's gotta be pre Marvel. Yeah. Stuff, this was, it a, sounds like a long time ago. Yeah. This was a January. Yeah. It's interesting. And they've got Captain America and black widow together. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Lillard is in this, mm-hmm. uh, it was so Captain America, Black Widow, and Shaggy. Yeah, <laughs> Shaggy. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not. It's 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 almost like a, a prototypical twenty one type of thing, where mm. it's a bunch of students getting together and doing a you know some sort of caper. But it doesn't it doesn't land. I forgot about that scene, uh, the upskirting scene. Yeah, Erica Christensen's in this too. Yes, she is. But uh, but yeah, that that was just one of those weird things. Like, what's what's the point of mm-hmm. that shot? you know and why did she agree to that yeah. shot? <laughs> the director's like okay we're gonna start down here don't worry about it yeah we're yeah, yeah. you're, <laughs> just you're wearing off. a skirt don't worry we're not gonna even point it towards that uh then there's the purple rose of cairo this is a good woody allen movie do you like this yeah i hate this movie you hate it i hate this movie 
Oh wow! I'm in the minority, but okay. for whatever reason, I hate. Well, this is one of those where it's uh, it's a precursor to like Last Action Hero and stuff like that, where the the film characters come to life out of the out of the screen, and huh. Jeff Daniels is in it. Um, and Mia Farrow, the, the I think person? Mia Farrow is probably in this too. Um, isn't I haven't seen a, it forever. Isn't this a common title format? The color flower of place, like the yellow rose of Texas, the red. The purple, whatever of Cairo. The what's what's the next one? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just laugh and go with the joke? The red rose of I'm sure there's more. No, I think fucker. I think, you're, I think you're right. Like every time they have to do like a color flower of something, it's got to be of a place, some city, or whatever. And like, uh, but uh, I hate yeah, you. But yeah, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> the green orchid of Albania. I'm going to Google so hard when I get home. Jeff, I'm going to find some obscure shit and prove your eyes wrong. But uh, yeah, Jeff Daniels steps out of the screen and he's he's uh, living life on the on the uh, outside. And meanwhile, the movie uh, lives in its own thing too. Yeah, where uh, it's it's existing without him. And uh, and they and they keep wanting him to come back. I think is what mm-hmm. the big thing is. And then maybe somebody else, I can't even remember if somebody else jumps out of the screen. There's some sort of interaction. Either somebody jumps into the screen or out of the screen. But this is maybe the first one Woody Allen movie that I've seen without Woody Allen in it. Yeah, like starring in it. Um, and I don't know. I I, I like it. Barrett hates it, and Barrett's a big Woody Allen fan. And so. Jeremy's never seen it. Yeah, that's uh, why I was trying to make a title. It's, joke. it's a very unusual Woody Allen type of movie yeah um it has a 7.7 on the imdb i'm telling you i'm wrong i just don't like it. yeah then there's a uh, runner runner i never saw this i'm a i'm a poker guy but i never saw this and um it's justin timberlake yeah timbo and um and ben affleck what movie runner runner oh i saw this yeah <laughs> it's right up your alley. It's right up my alley. It's yeah, totally like trashy, it. forgettable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Affleck's phoning it in. <laughs> totally is. Timberlake is what well, Timberlake's phoning it in, but trying a little harder yeah. than Affleck. And it's basically like he goes down to the Caribbean and he's mm. doing some kind of scam with using like poker analytics. Poker, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty forgettable because Brian yeah. Koppelman actually wrote it. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, then there's a uh, see no evil, hear no evil. That's the Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor movie. I never seen this. Oh yeah. man, I used to love these guys. Like I mean, Richard Pryor crazy. was the very definition of off limits in my family, so I never saw any. Even of this. these PG, because these were all PG too. It's no the evil, same hear- thing he was talking about earlier, though. Is that Richard Pryor had this reputation? Yeah. I'm pretty sure see R- no evil, hear no evil was rated R though. What? What? I'm just a cat, and I'm doing cat stuff. What? Yeah. Uh, you are correct. Yeah. How the fuck did I see this movie? I don't know. It doesn't feel like an R-rated movie. It's it's. I mean, it could just be like a few fucks sprinkled into the movie. And it must be because I don't remember it being. It's Richard Pryor is blind and Gene Wilder is deaf, and mm-hmm. that's the whole scene. And so, with their powers combined, kind of like the Ables, <laughs> yeah. uh, you they they make their way through all these these situations. Mm-hmm. And everything. And man, those two, like like I mentioned, Star Crazy, and they were in at least one or two more movies together. Yeah. Uh Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. They were they had such perfect comic timing mm-hmm. with each other. And well, and they I were supposed it. to be in Blazing Saddles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. But what he was it right after he was, like had to be hospitalized or something I like that. I don't remember why Pryor couldn't take that uh Oh, maybe the studio didn't trust him or whatever. It could it could be something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were supposed to be in that together. 
Um, then they're seeking a friend for the end of the world. I've, I've talked about this before. I really like this movie. This is Steve Carell and Kira Knightley. Um, one of those, the world is definitely going to end. Everybody knows when it's going to end. So let's have this last, uh, adventure type of thing. And, uh, Carell is divorced from his wife and Kira Knightley is, uh, is she like breaking up with a guy or I can't remember what it was, what she's doing, but they get in a car and he wants, he needs to go to see his wife and say one last thing to her or something like that. But they have this adventure on the way. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I've always, I've always liked these type of movies, mm-hmm. even melancholia, which is like as, as depressing as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie last night, which has the same sort of premise and everything. I've always thought that's an, even though it's been done many times. Yeah. I've, I find the premise endearing. Every There's time. a movie called, I think it's 333 or something like that with mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe that is like a last night type of thing mm-hmm. uh, that I think you'd like. I caught it way late at night one night and I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. But it was that similar premise. I'm, I'm with you. Melancholia, I think, is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For what that is. Right. Um, then there's uh, Snake Eyes. This was Brian De Palma. And, uh, <laughs> fucking bonkers, This, this man. trailer was awesome i was so geeked up for this movie uh it came it was right after he did mission impossible mm-hmm. and uh this is nicholas cage this is in this one too but uh oh my god i was so geeked for this movie the trailer was so badass and everything and then <laughs> oh that movie is fucking terrible man it's just all over the place yeah, yeah. it makes you there are moments there are diploma moments and shots mm-hmm. where you're like this was filmed by a master but somewhere it's like they half the shit they shot just got lost or deleted or something i don't know yeah it's not a good movie there was this idea that i thought especially from the trailer which was all like you know it was almost like a look closer type thing you know whatever uh where i thought there was going to be something like sort of in the background that was important or like you know like he was gonna put all these pieces together and one it really doesn't it that mystery never becomes a big thing in this movie no it's uh i think he figures it out pretty quickly and then it's all chasing and shooting shooting and well there's that yeah I mean, gary it, sinise is in it yeah uh, carla gugino yeah mm-hmm. carla gugino but yeah there's like a whole thing where he finds out that the boxer uh took a dive yeah and so like then he has to i mean <laughs> just i just happened upon that uh that scene at the bar where uh cage is going over the top and like you know pouring drinks for everybody and mm. like i forget what he says but he is so fucking manic oh yeah and it's funny after watching that video explaining his mannerisms and stuff like that he calls himself the uh, california klaus kinski oh multiple times in that video oh my god and so he's doing this on purpose he's doing all these manic mannerisms vampires kiss mm-hmm. uh snake eyes all that shit on purpose oh my and uh expressionistic is what he said he wants to be like more like the cabinet of dr caligari and stuff like that knowing that it's it's more interesting i guess but he is way the fuck over the top yeah the movie opens up on a it's it it's a it's probably a fake 20 minute opening uh shot is it 20 minutes it's something like that i remember i remember uh building this movie in the first reel which is usually 17 to 20 minutes is all that first shot wow but it, it could be one of those where they're cutting parts here or there somebody walks in front of the camera that type of shit uh then there's a uh, sour grapes i never saw this this is not the only reason this is interesting is a i've seen it and b it was directed by larry david yeah this is craig bierko and steven weber as cousins that get into 
they're at Atlantic City, and one of them asked to borrow like a quarter, and he ends up hitting a slot machine that it gives him a million dollars, and it's mm. a question of like who owns this. Honestly, if, if that movie hadn't been made, the original title. <laughs> For sideways was going to be sour grapes. <laughs> <laughs> did I say Larry Miller by the way, or did I say? Larry I think you David? said Larry David. You said Larry oh, David. Okay. Uh, then there's the station agent. This is very good. This oh, is yeah. Peter Dinklage before Game of Thrones. Fucking love this movie. And so Bobby Cannavale. Oh yeah. yeah. And Michelle before Williams. Mich- yeah that movie before that, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my god. This that thing so we. Good. Know where I'm from? Um, no, Patricia Clarkson's in it, and uh, I don't remember Michelle. Oh, Michelle Williams is in this. Um, but yeah, this is a really good movie. God damn! I mean this this movie blew me away in like how simple it is and how touching it is. How awesome Bobby Cannavale is! Like he's he's. Have you seen this? Yeah, he's he's so gregarious and just genuinely funny and genuinely kind that he breaks through the shell that peter dinklage has rightfully built for himself he's lost his only support and so watching that relationship develop is so fucking great man um tom mccarthy yeah wrote and directed this he did spotlight yeah and of course he was in the wire oh wow what a career that guy's had yeah he has uh like uh he sort of sneaks up on you with some of these things like he did the visitor as well that richard jenkins uh movie the movie win-win he also did. oh well that'll be on there uh i never saw the cobbler which was that adam sandler movie that came out mm. uh but uh he's had a pretty good writing directing career yeah and being on the wire instantly makes you like a, yeah uh <laughs> then there's swim fan talk about erica christensen <laughs> i almost made a swim fan joke when you said her name uh, yeah she I is can't a believe fan this, of swimming to this day i can't believe this movie was made with this title yeah <laughs> you could ma- if you want to make the movie as it stands you have to call it something else yeah and you have to call it something about stalking the high school athlete yeah. of the century it needs to be like dark waters but swim fan exactly swim fan sounds like a sci-fi original yeah, it sounds it like a like a, a parody of this kind of movie this God. uh this stars uh jesse bradford who's a i mean he's a guy that i thought might be big there for a while too yep. but uh yeah uh he he's got a girlfriend i think who's the girlfriend in this it's a sherry, sherry appleby, appleby. Yep. uh and uh like like erica christensen's like this girl obsessed with him and everything and like seduces him in the pool and she's like because she's a swim fan. yeah yeah she's like she starts making out with him and he doesn't want it's like disclosure right like she, she does <laughs> she he doesn't want erica christensen right. like like kissing him and stuff and then she's like like while while they're like just before they fuck she's like uh tell me that you love me and i'm like dude nothing would have shriveled my boner faster <laughs> no kidding no kidding you don't stick your dick in crazy um oh my god then there's the toxic avenger that is a trauma movie isn't that their like flagship yeah uh, it was. It wasn't their first, was it? Uh, I think Toxic Crusader may. Have, no, this was the first one was because this first? is where he gets radioactive and all that stuff. And then Toxic Crusader was the one after. This. I never saw Toxic Adventure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I've seen like even more than five seconds of a Tron. For me, movie. Toxic Avenger is Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> that Zing! Is, that is a Toxic Avenger for <laughs> That's sure. That's right. Uh, hey 
Yeah, it's it it's got cult status and stuff like that because it's you know gross stuff and mm. there's a little bit of camp and there's a lot of camp and humor in there. Yeah, it's not it's not. Uh, War of the Worlds. You are talking about the Spielberg one, mm-hmm. right? This is uh, yeah. War of the Worlds is another one of those. Oh, because he lives in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first 30 minutes are Jersey, and then no, they start driving. Well, yeah, but they're all, I think it's essentially all in Jersey. They're driving through Jersey to get away. Oh. Well, don't they end up in Boston? Oh, well, they, they run to Boston. They eventually get to Boston. Okay. That's true. Uh, okay. So, yeah, there's enough New Jersey this counts. I like this movie more than most people. You know what? The more I think about this movie, and I should watch it again, uh, because I wasn't a huge fan, but I think you guys have maybe talked me into it. There's a lot to like in this movie. The, that's the that, opening. That scene when, oh, the opening. Go ahead. Yeah, the opening of it is is great, I think, and especially the little video camera thing where oh, you see Jesus. it through the viewfinder and everything. That's really cool. Um, I I think we've talked about this movie before. The whole Tim Robbins thing sort yeah. of takes me out of it. Yep. Uh, the movie's a little bit too long because of that yep. and everything. Um, and uh. Yeah, and then he's he's trying to I guess he's trying to get back to his son. They separate at some point. Uh is it Justin Chatwin that plays? Yep. Yeah, it's Justin Chatwin. Um Dragon Tom Cruise can't throw a baseball. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that, was, <laughs> that is one of the craziest things that I never would have noticed. That was, but it became so memey that when you look at it, you're like, What the fuck well, that is was he doing? Probably the only funny thing about I believe it was scary movie four where he, yeah, it is. he's he it's craig bierko <laughs> uh he and he and like uh the son throws in the ball he catches it and he throws it back it goes straight down to the ground <laughs> he faked baseball just fine in a few good men what went wrong yeah uh, i don't know i gotta I go mean, back granted, and watch he was that. just batting in yeah. that movie he's like leading batting practice so well, all he has to do is isn't that weird though when i mean I, I, we're all like sports people, so it, it, we don't really understand these guys who never really did sports when they were growing up and everything. Uh, apparently, they had to do special effects in the cable guy for Jim Carrey to dribble in that. Oh, movie. wow. What? Yeah, he couldn't dribble a basketball. That's so funny. They did special effects. They had to, to they had to get it to where it was like the ball bounced just right. Oh, that's, that's funny. Awesome. Yeah. And also makes sense because he's like nine feet tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but War that's of the one Worlds. of the, the funniest, the, the, the loudest times that I've laughed was when he pulls down that and breaks the back. Oh, my God. Because yeah. it's so unexpected. It may have been in the trailer, but for whatever reason, I forgot it. And when he goes up, like, it's funny enough. But then he makes that. Yeah. That's, if I was going to try and sell somebody on watching that movie, I'd show them that entire basketball scene. <laughs> That's so great. Better yeah, warm up. I, Don't want to pull a hammy. So War of the Worlds, I, yeah, it's, it, I liked it. And I, I remember even giving a good review for it when I was writing reviews and crap. Uh, it's just that, yeah, there's some parts of it that I'm like, eh. Um, it, it it keeps it from being that perfect movie or whatever. Then there's the wedding singer. Oh, yeah. I th- I think this is great. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, back before the tarnish started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. who directed this? It wasn't. Oh, uh, same person that was directing probably most of his movies at this point. Probably one of his friends. Can I, Frank Caracci. I was a. Oh, sorry, I was like, can I try to take sorry. a stab at it? And I was going to say something like Greg Karachi or something ah, like that. But you would have been close. It's yeah. his brother. It's yeah. His brother Frank. His brother Frank. Uh, Frankie um, C. Yeah. Frankie C. <laughs> um, there is a guy he uses over and over again, though. The guy who did Mr. Deeds, the guy who directed Mr. Deeds, I think, is the guy he's done most of the stuff with. And he's done like six, seven of his movies. This movie does suffer from that thing that a lot of romantic comedies suffer from, where they have to make 
the the current boyfriend of Drew Barrymore like such an extreme asshole. Oh, you yeah. wonder why she would ever be with him in the first place, let alone about to marry him. But if you can overlook that, God, there's almost nothing to dislike about this movie. Yeah. It's charming. It's funny. It's, it's got some musical sandler. Um, yeah. I mean, this was probably the last great sandler. But it ever. all was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you will listen to every single word I have to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> rapping granny. That was, yeah. I mean, that would have been memed to death if yeah. there had been Twitter back in the day. I, I love that running joke of the, the boy George guy. Like every time he gets the mic, he gets to, do you want to hurt? Do you yeah. Hurt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Alexis Arquette. That's oh, right. wow. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wedding Singer's good. They, yeah, Sandler and Drew Barrymore have, have some good chemistry together. And yeah. Fifty First Dates was good too. And then, then they did that other bullshit movie that was terrible mm-hmm. but those first two those are, those are delightful yeah uh then there's welcome to the dollhouse we we somewhat talked about that one that's heather Matarazzo. yeah this is what this is what you should watch instead of happiness because you'll get all of like the uncomfortableness uh of todd salons but not the ickiness yeah yeah, yeah. uh there's a lot of ickiness in happiness. Uh, yeah. it should be just, called ickiness yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah or happiness spelt backwards <laughs> or something like that <laughs> Senepa. <laughs> I'm surprised you got as close as you did there. Um, but yeah, Welcome to the Dollhouse is good. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, and and it's another. That's a that's an unusual lead, Heather Matarazzo. Mm-hmm. You know, it, she was 12, 13 at the time, was she or something that, like that. She, that young? She her, was, her this put her on was, the map uh, for sure. I think this might have been her first role. It may have been. Um, it was. I think his first movie. It was. Um, mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I watched this with with really no knowledge of what to expect or anything like that, and found it really, really like heartfelt. And you can, re- especially if you've ever felt like a loner in high school or in middle school or stuff like that, this will really kind of get to you in uncomfortable ways and in in good ways too. Yeah, uh, the the wrestler. There's another great movie there. Oh, That's Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm down with Aronofsky. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I will follow him. Aside from Noah, I'll follow him pretty much wherever yeah. he goes. Yeah, well, and Noah's another one of those where I'm pretty convinced the studio just meddled too much and and blockbustered it up. And because when when I think when Aronofsky is at his best is when he is edgy and he's pushing into darker corners and not blockbustery happy. Well, I mean, when has he done that besides Noah? No, that's pretty much the only one. And I have a feeling Noah started out as a lot grittier. Because one thing that thematically uh, I feel like Aronofsky has repeated more than once is people who are just just completely down. They're Mm -hmm. basically, you know, rock bottom. The wrestler, he's at the lowest point of his life, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And at one point he was basically Hulk Hogan level of popular. Mm -hmm. And now he's living in a trailer park and he has no money. Um and and Aronofsky's really good about showing us that. Oh, yeah. And I think Noah started out at Noah was going to be like the wrestler in terms of like beaten down, broken, and he just got gussied up too much. I, I like too just how, you know, it he could he could take that life of just working the shitty job at the grocery store and all that and live. But none of that is anything that is him really. Yeah. And, and he's being told, don't ever go in the ring again. You're going to have a heart attack or some shit. And he's had like, what, three or four yeah, already. Yeah. Um, and, but he, that's where he, that's where he truly is a, uh, 
where he is truly living is in that he he's willing to die for it to to play and and, and it's not for like a huge amount of fame or money no, either no it's just that that's his thing that's what he likes doing and that's what i think that's one thing that a lot of times we we don't understand why people do the things that they do and all that. Train spotting is another movie that sort of covers that thing. Like, why do people mm. do drugs? Because they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it beats any fucking cock in the world. <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's in the wrestler. That's his drug, basically. You know, it's like uh, it's the only where only place where he really likes to exist. Yeah, that? he even has to take a a gig doing one of those like unregulated there's barbed wire being slapped against him and shit staplers yeah. yeah like he has to take that kind of a gig just to get that rush i think you're right when he's in the ring however many people are watching that's when he feels alive mm. and every other moment is how do i get back to there yeah god i love the wrestler yeah, i think it's one of, i think it's aronofsky's best movie phenomenal really? yeah. yeah did you ever see mother no, I haven't seen Mother yet. Oh, I want to. I want to talk to you about that movie. After but you see it. and I would put Black Swan up there pretty far too. Yeah. And Requiem for a Dream is pretty great, even though I hate watching it. Uh, but the wrestler just it's it's firing on all thrusters. Yeah. For me. The wrestler's probably like the the easiest to watch. I, all the mothers just yeah yeah. Mother's a tough one to to you know. I love it though. Yeah, I kind of do too. Yeah. Uh, then there's Zoolander two. I never saw Zoolander. Never saw it. It's I awful. would rather watch Zoolander one twenty times before watching Zoolander. It's 2. worse than Anchorman two. I've never seen Anchorman. 2. Anchorman Two is awful. Yeah, and yeah it this is. is even worse than that. Uh, I will get to your honorable mention in a minute. Let's go through these like real these other movies real quick because okay. I'm sure we haven't seen any of these. Uh, most of these, anyway. According to Greta, anybody seen that shit? Nope. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, which is oh across the eighth dimension. <laughs> yeah, that's the full title. Yeah, that is that's that's a sequel to mm, that's that's the original. That's the, that's the original title. title? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. I never. It's got a big gold cult following, though. Uh, I saw it. I wished I'd taken drugs, and I don't remember much more than that. Interesting. Uh, American Desi. Nope. It's an Indian uh, yeah. film. Uh, American Pastoral. I remember hearing about this. This is Ewan McGregor directing. Uh, oh, yeah? A, a really like interesting, well-known story. Really wanted to see it, and I missed it. Uh, Anytown, USA. Uh, Bad Parents. Uh, Big Night, which was really good, the awesome Stanley Tucci movie. movie. We've awesome talked about movie. that before. Really. I know. A to- we've talked about that before? Oh, yeah. I think so. How did yeah. I forget this? It was yeah. directed by Tan- Stanley Tucci and Campbell Scott. Yeah. yeah. Or Tan- Tanbull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scoochie. <laughs> Campbell Tucci, Scott Stanley. Um, they, they both have like, you know, like two like last names as their first names and... So on and so forth, but no, Big Night's really good. Talk about a movie like what? Don't watch Big Night and Chef on an empty so- stomach. Oh, uh, I got because check both out. of those movies are just. I mean, they actually, if food. you can watch Big Night and Chef back to back without pausing to go get food, then you should win some kind of prize. You probably <laughs> should. Uh, then there is Bogus. I remember this movie. Me too. I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, though. Bogus. He he's like Gerard Depardieu is like this phantom like like magician or something like that to okay. Haley Joel Osment. Oh, he's like an imaginary friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, never saw it. Yeah, I never saw it either. I remember it coming out, though. Uh, Brain Scan. Uh, <laughs> Do not, you remember this Ed, one? Ed no. Furlong? I saw it on Blockbuster shelves. It yeah. sounds like something Ed Furlong would be in. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, the Cartel. Nope. Uh, Cat's Eye. Yeah. Did you based ever see on the Stephen King? Yeah, it's an anthology type of thing. It's got like James Woods and like a, a few recognizable people. Yeah, I never saw this. Yeah. Uh, the Cookout. I did see this shit. 
<laughs> this has got like Ja Rule. Yeah. And fucking like Queen Latifah. Not Queen Latifah, but a few like hip hop artists. Yeah, I saw it. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember it sucking. And then there's Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah, this was a, a like, I guess a cult movie. Yeah, it's got a kind of a cult following. Yeah. I never saw it. Uh, Fatal Desire. <laughs> This is a Have you not seen this? This is a Lifetime movie? I don't know what the fuck that, that Eric, is. It's a Lifetime movie with Eric Roberts and Anne Hage. Nope, I haven't seen it. Oh, oh my God. See, I was hoping if there's you, any, man, you would think. If there's anything playing off the Basic Instinct titles, <laughs> it's this. Desire. Uh, Fierce People, 2005. Yep, um, what was this about? This is the one I brought up on a previous podcast where it's uh, oh, I Anton Yelchin yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. and Diane Lane. And Chris Evans and Donald Sutherland. Chris Evans actually rapes Anton Yelchin's character as like some anthropological tribal sign of dominance. Mm. Hmm. It's a very Kristen Stewart's in it, of course. That's uh, why you watched it. I don't think yes, it is. Uh, I don't think I can recommend this movie. Uh, no, well, yeah. it got really bad reviews. I yeah, think. yeah, it's uh, uncomfortable and awkward and difficult. And basically, the whole premise is that she's a nurse who took care of Donald Sutherland and. He likes her, so he invites her and her son to just live at his mansion because he's a millionaire. Hmm. And then the rest of the movie is just some nurse and her son are living at this mansion because the old guy said, why don't you? It's really weird. So don't watch Fierce People and Happiness. I wish I could take back the last two minutes. I'm sorry. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, don't watch Fierce People and Happiness back to back or or at all. Uh, (laughs) Then there is Girl Most Likely, Kristen Wiig movie. I never saw this. Oh, this guy had pretty good reviews, too. Did it? Most likely to be interrupted? (laughs) Yes. Girl Most Likely to be Interrupted. Uh, Jersey Boys. This is the Clint Eastwood uh, adaptation of the I musical. saw this. Yeah. What'd you think? I watched all the way to the end. Ooh-wee-oo. Yeah. I mean, I'm not compelled by... I had no interest in this movie whatsoever. Yeah, and again, this was a musical stage show first, and probably more compelling in that format. My mom saw it, loved it, and then Clint Eastwood comes along to make a movie, and it becomes this biopic. Mm-hmm. And we the songs get relegated to, you know, performance montages and whatnot. And I really, it's basically the four of them hating and yelling at each other the whole movie. Oh, nice! It's like, not, yeah. it's no fun at all. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Don't don't depress yourself. Yeah. Then there's Life During Wartime, which was the sequel to Happiness. I never saw this. <laughs> um, I didn't know it existed. Todd Salons. <laughs> I did not. I didn't know it did either. Uh, none of us have seen it though. Uh, Marnie, uh, this is a Hitchcock movie with Sean Connery. I've never seen this one. I've seen a lot of Hitchcock. I, it's got Tippi Hedron on it yeah. uh, too. And I, uh, this is a shameful thing. I should, I should probably have known them. Yeah. The yeah. combination of Connery and Hitchcock alone should have drawn me to this movie. And yet, nope. Yeah. Haven't seen it to check it out. One for the money. That is with Catherine Heigl. Oh, remember this? Oh, this uh, is a, she's another a, bounty hunter movie? She's the bounty hunter. I, I think I saw this it's one. It's based I didn't off see... of Sue Grafton or something. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. See, Sue Grafton did all those A is for alibi, B is for breakfast, whatever. <laughs> spit on myself <laughs> literally spit came out of my mouth and landed on my arm uh i think i actually saw this one i didn't see bounty hunter but i did see this one and yeah this was a piece of shit yeah, it was. was a horrible movie uh out of the furnace that was the christian bale movie i've never seen this oh i saw this i, I imagine you would have seen this this is uh god this must have gone straight to hbo or something right like i don't feel like this ever played in theaters mm. uh 
I think it did, but it was like limited or something. Yeah, I watched it on the strength of Christian Bale, and uh, it, I didn't like it very much. I don't think. Yeah. Watch, but somebody's gonna find an old podcast where I made that my recommend. There's a, there's a <laughs> bunch of these Christian Bale movies I've never seen, and I'm always gonna confuse it with like the is that the one where he got all thin and everything? That's the Machinist. Yeah. But like it's it's there's so many in that group that yep. I've never seen. Yep. It's like surely he did something fucked up for this movie too. Um, oh, by the way, it was Janet Ivanovich that uh, did one for the money instead of Sue Grafton. But I'm glad. Oh, we, okay. I'm glad we got that quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's Patterson. That was the Adam Driver movie that Jim Jarmusch did uh, last year, I believe it mm. was. I uh, still haven't seen it, but I like Adam Driver a lot. I do, and I like uh, Jim Jarmusch a lot. So, uh, Patty Cakes with a dollar sign and the S. I this has it. been playing on HBO. It's like an HBO original. I think. Yeah. Is it good? No. I saw trailers for this and it looked awesome. I mean, I didn't enjoy it. It's it's this girl who doesn't look, act, or live anything like what a rapper should, and she wants to be a rapper. Mm. And I gave up. Oh yeah, so maybe it's great, but I couldn't get through it. Uh, the pickup artist. That's a Robert Downey Jr. Molly Ringwald movie. It came out in the eighties. James Toback directed yeah. it. That's a great person to direct that movie. I was just thinking, like, I wonder how this this is aged. I believe this movie may have inspired all that stuff that later happened in the game. Oh, really? Uh, you know, with the you know the guy mystery and all that uh, that was going on, where you know you go to bars and you you neg women so and all that type of stuff isn't that what i think this actually may have been sort of the beginning base of all of that like the stuff that downey jr does in this i've never seen the movie i haven't either. um but uh, i think i think it does have some sort of root into that running on empty uh i should have seen this but i haven't sydney lumet river phoenix was mm-hmm. in this one saw it um you did yeah but it was 20 years ago yeah i remember thinking it was good this was in a, in a phase where i w- was watching everything river phoenix had ever made that's why i saw mosquito coast <laughs> oh interesting um and my own private idaho um basically i think it was probably right around the time he had died hmm. and i was like oh we lost the next johnny depp i better go watch everything he's ever made must not have been that much right no no he was pretty young yeah. uh then there's running scared this is the paul walker running scared this movie is batshit insane. Interesting. I don't um, think I've seen it. it is, it is, it is a crazy. I mean, I remember really liking this movie huh. because Paul Walker is so, uh, like, it, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those crime, uh, getting chased type movies and everything, <laughs> running scared. Uh, <laughs> and, but there's a point where Paul Walker is like, just had it, you know, he's like, I'm done. And he's like, just goes off the deep end and just like, <laughs> like yelling at the guy who's going to kill him and everything. And just this, I just, it, it really just like got my like adrenaline pump in huh. this movie. Did. Uh, it's not good, but it's, it's just one of those type of things. Vera Farmiga's in it. Hmm. Cameron Bright, who, uh, maybe best known for that, uh, <laughs> Nicole Kidman bathtub movie. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, God. Oh, birth. <laughs> birth. Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, he's in it too, and there's like a scene where they, it's like a, they, this movie's just like a series of detours and shit, you know, like they're running away from people and whatever, and then they like, like let's go hide out in this place. And it's like you know, one of, one part of it happens to be an apartment hmm. where Cameron Bright is in it or whatever. I don't remember everything about this movie. I just remember it being 
Like this is this is one of those great sucky movies. Nice, mm. like Law Abiding Citizen. Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, it's all it's and it's a uh, Wayne Kramer who wrote the cooler. Ah, cool. Yeah. Uh, then there's a uh, Sherry Baby, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, isn't isn't Sherry Baby? I'm trying to think of what this movie's about. I think she's I've like seen a recovering it. heroin addict. Yeah, and she's trying to get a job, right? Yeah, yeah she's, she's trying she's to get. A kid and and isn't Danny stuff. Trejo in this too? I believe so. Um, but I remember this being pretty good. Oh, yeah. I, Does he I use that song. song, Sherry, Sherry Baby? I don't know. Sherry, I don't think so. Sherry Baby. Is that in Jer- Jersey yeah. Boys? Stealing Home. That's the Mark Harmon, Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Baseball movie? It's a baseball movie. Better be. Yeah. If it's not, then... <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that means it's like a whole different other kind of movie. It's like Home Alone or something like that with like, you know, they're trying to steal somebody's home or some shit. Um, and then there's Win Win. I have seen this. Paul Giamatti, a wrestling coach. Oh, uh, I have seen this. Um, I hear it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got, uh, he's got a... What a secret or something like that kind of brings him down, something like that. Maybe I'm making the face that should convey. I don't remember it well enough to answer your question. I can't help you in this moment. <laughs> um. Okay, and that's all those. All right. So, and then the honorable mention, The Sopranos, obviously, is, oh. a, is uh, mm-hmm. the TV show that uh, was seeped in Jersey. Jersey. It may be one of the most perfect TV shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. It's the. Uh, it's really the beginning of TV's renaissance period that as we know it today it kind of like marked yes. that right like that was the what was it 2000 2001 that, that it came out 90 it was some yeah it was 99 because i analyzed this came out which was the same court sort of deal yeah uh except you know analyze this was more comedy and everything but um yes tv as we know it though all these great shows that we keep running into nowadays is can be traced back to the sopranos uh where it becomes uh you know appointment television again and everything um i've never seen anybody as like intimidating as uh james gandolfini which is great yeah all right he's he's a big dude and everything but he's not like an intimidatingly like built dude or anything he's a fat dude he, mm-hmm. but he will it, when he gets that face that tony soprano face and he get lays into somebody mm-hmm. he's terrifying yeah right? he uh he had he had made a career of playing these thugs in movies forever like get shorty True and, romance. uh the juror <laughs> 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 true romance uh romance. you know all the you know and then and then it was it was kind of interesting to see him carry an entire tv series like this and it was the first time we really had seen just like really i don't know uh movie like character development mm-hmm. and everything and, and you know there are some probably some other tv shows before it that's kind of dabbled in it or whatever but this is the first time it was like this was like something this is something that people subscribe to HBO for and yeah. this is why HBO has become prestige television is because of this show. Mm-hmm. And uh they've been they've been cranking out like stuff that's must see since. Yep. yep. All right, well that's our trip through Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. And we never intended to ask, answer questions because we knew New Jersey was going to a be. Lot we might have to do New York in two episodes. I think we probably should. I don't. I, it almost feels like we gave California a little bit of short shrift because there's so fuck much California yeah. though. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah. I do want to cover like the New York. So there was a lot of stuff that overlapped with New York, New York and New Jersey mm-hmm. that 
you know, we decided to put off until New York, and we may, we may do that. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So many of these things could easily have been New York as well. Because I love talking about this. So you don't talk about, you know, things like, you know, win-win uh, all that much. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about The Sopranos as a series all that much. This gives you an opportunity to really, like, hit movies that we, we don't normally get into. Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to uh, Facebook. Uh, for the uh, Sincast presented by Cinema Sins page that we have, and do some comments there. Do some about, comments. Do some comments. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been sort of—I uh, don't know—I think people have started to fall off a little bit on on these comments. Oh yeah. Do, do you do you notice anything less on Sound? Uh, fewer on SoundCloud. I think, I think it's pretty consistent. Uh, but go, yeah. Get, let us know what you think. Just but, don't just stand by. But uh, yeah, it was just sort of—I uh, don't know. Get in the game. <laughs> There's a there there it's 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 kind of tapered off a bit, but it, it could be me. I answer the questions there, so maybe you don't like what I'm saying on that. On they Facebook. love what you're saying for sure. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But you can go to Facebook, you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to Twitter. There's a lot of places that you can find us and comment on this very episode. That'll do it for this week. Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Reddit, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. The whole time I'm like, you shouldn't have fucked her! Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have fucked her! Yeah. Well, yeah, like, and he, he's like, yeah. I want to make exactly. that the cold open so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to have to be the cold open now. Oh, good God. Uh, that's the thing. Like, I, I have a feeling that some of those, like the good ones, were like, they went and bought it and said, "Here's here it is. Beasts of No Nation? That yeah, was another one no that Nation. they did that might have been bought. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it was. If, if they it was have certainly made. If they said, here's money. Make the movie for us. My wife was watching one. Sierra, somebody is a loser. It's a Netflix original film. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I recognized a handful of the girls and guy actors. It's like a teen coming of age, angsty. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I, I think I started watching that movie and I was like, ugh, <laughs> it was terrible. I uh, mean, yeah, like uh, Extinction apparently is is terrible. Fucking. Um, the uh, Kelsey Grammer one that came out, um, where he's the the long lost dad, is it Kate Hudson that's in that? I didn't see that. Oh, I, I remember seeing a trailer for that. Uh, Game Over Man, which I didn't see. It's got like Adam Levine, not uh, Adam Dev- Devine, not Adam Levine, but that one got terrible reviews. Yep, it wasn't the Kissing Booth that you're talking about, is it? No, no, it's uh, that some girl Sierra, somebody no, is Sierra a loser. Burgess is a loser. Yeah ridiculous six yeah i don't know it man. wasn't this one though it was another one that i was watching that like it was trending on twitter and shit and like i was like i'll give that a shot and about 10 minutes in i was like oh at first i thought it was a series and then i realized oh it's an hour and a half movie i'm sure they're doing <laughs> the right thing from a business model standpoint in terms of like this throwing everything at the wall and mm-hmm. see what sticks and also ridiculous six and kissing booth and plenty of these movies that are shit bright get watched are they sure yeah they greenlit bright too like the first weekend after bright so there must have been some business reason i do wish we could go back to that there was a two or three year period where netflix original as a phrase meant quality mm-hmm. 
And now it doesn't even mean that for TV shows anymore. It doesn't mean that for movies. And now it's ba- basically like any other studio. It's hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. They're just betting on the, the hits. I hate that. Yeah. Does right. Will Smith die at the end of Bright? Or does he die and come back? No. they He's saved before he dies. He's saved before he dies. Okay. Um, so maybe, they'll have the band back. Maybe it was the centaur that saved him. That Pretty random sure, centaur cop. I'm trying to think of, because there's a scene where <laughs> the, there's like the some sort of eternal pit of death and like. I think either 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 the uh, the Joel Edgerton lizard characters thrown down there, or Will Smith is, and one or the other saves the other. Yeah. I can't remember which that's one. That's how that's how memorable it that doesn't movie matter. Is. It just doesn't matter because you because you're sitting there going, oh, there's a possibility of a major death right here. No, there's never a possibility. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Yeah, knew it to you, babies. I did, bastard. I went through the drive-through. They have a drive-through. Nice. Yeah. Is it quick? It's pretty quick, yeah. All right. It's not like McDonald's quick, but it's pretty quick. I imagine it's like how um, Steak and Shake is or whatever. Yeah, somewhere yeah. like that. Quick enough. And th- this lady was like the nicest lady in the world. She was like, hey, baby, how you doing? Mm. And I was like, you know what, baby? I'm doing, I'm doing, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I'm doing you, baby. <laughs> you have the nicest Wendy's in the world by you. Yeah. You go by my Wendy's? Uh, we used to when we were uh, playing poker mm-hmm. up there. And like it, they're all like very very nice. They're all quick. Mm-hmm. Like it's super clean. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a good Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty rare to find like a, a Wendy's with that good of a staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That's I used Wendy's. to have the best Taco Bell in the country uh, down the street from me in Chicago. What's what What's bizarre to me is how like the the strategy that Wendy's and Chick Fil A seem to employ of like scarcity frustrates me. Like there's only one Wendy's in my entire suburb. And I've got Is it really? four McDonald's. Yeah. Five Subways. Like we can sustain another Wendy's. We can sustain a second Chick-fil-A. No. But you don't get the quality us. of the people there. Like Chick-fil-A people are nice, like to a fault. Like they'll mm-hmm. fucking Oh, it's annoying. It's like yeah. a, it's <laughs> no, like it's a, a, I just want my fucking food, man. Well, like, it's well, like a like, Stepford Wives kind of thing. Well, like the whole thing where you say thank you and they're like my pleasure yeah, and shit. And you're exactly. like, fuck, you know what? I hear it once I hear this. Two or three times, I realized that's what you were told to say. Yeah. It has nothing to do with your pleasure. You actually are not pleasured. Yeah, by exactly. Helping me. Did you have? Did uh, your wife was she trained at Barnes and Noble to say to not say no problem? Oh, I don't know. I have to ask her. That was something that corporate made us uh, learn when uh, when somebody would call in looking for a book or for a CD. I worked in music. They were like, uh, you know, do you have this? And if you say yes or no, or whatever, they're like, thank you. You're not supposed to say no problem because then that assumes that there, there was a, been problem. a problem. You're supposed to say you're welcome. God, I've probably mentioned this before, but at Kroger, they the the district manager I was under would not let you use the word problem. It was always opportunity. Mm. And so, if he's shaming you in a meeting, he's saying your store has a ton of opportunities. <laughs> and it was just as eye rolly as the Chick Fil A, my pleasure. I'm mm. like, it's not your pleasure. You're making you you know, it's probably as fast food jobs go. It's probably a pretty good job. I would guess. Oh yeah, they pay they like pay eleven bucks an better hour than average. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not your pleasure. And Stop you get crying. Sundays off too. Yeah, That's right. Seriously, you never have to work a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for Jesus. Yeah, uh, isn't isn't it though? I think there's some sort of uh, a graph you can create where your desire for Chick Fil A is higher on Sunday than it is on any other day because I, you can't have. It. Well, usually, like if you're on vacation or something like that, you're on the road on Sunday because you're coming back, mm-hmm. and of course, 
you know, you want to stop on the road for Chick-fil-A, but can't. Seems like uh, it's happened four or five times where I'm like, oh, it'd be a good day to get Chick-fil-A. Oh, it's fucking Sunday. <laughs> Sucks and yeah, it's down the road from me. Yeah. Too. So, and then they do that. This is this is bullshit too, where they have the holiday like right after Sunday or whatever, and like oh yeah, you know, then they get the two days or the whatever, or the the holidays on the Sunday, and then they give the that's what's the more bullshit of your part. Of. <laughs> it's like the holidays on the Sunday, and then on the Monday they're like, well, we were already uh, off on Sunday anyway. Here's another day. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Make Just me give us my a, chicken. Give us our fucking chicken. <laughs> Pull up a shit, pull, pull it up. up. Ever since Hamilton, I'm I'm like musicaling everything in my life. Like it's driving my wife crazy. But like mm -hmm. I already did this a little bit, but now I'm just like rap singing like my common everyday <laughs> movements. Like mm -hmm. I'm grabbing more toilet paper because mm -hmm. I'm low in my bathroom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, just throw that in there. I need some teepee in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so the second one did you get like a lot more of the context in that yes. opening number uh every number i got yeah. a lot more of the context like the i'm still not particularly moved by much of the romance subplots no, no me neither um and it seems like a lot of people are and that's cool um but i did get a lot more of the context there the first time through, I was just like, okay, so something with the sister, but they can't be together. The second time through, I, I understood exactly why he couldn't be with the sister, even though she had feelings for him. Um, the whole he never hooked up with the second sister, right? The younger sister? The third one? The one that set them up in the first place. Wasn't she older? Uh, well, there's, well, yeah, she was older. She was not older. I, I, she was older. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she had to marry into money, not for love. Right, because but they she was never the like daughter. they never got together. Even though they no, both, no, she just yeah. loved him. But she had she knew he had to be for her sister because her sister could marry him for love. She, as the oldest, had to marry for money. Right, um, but I didn't catch any of that the first time around. I just knew there was some kind of vague love triangle. Oh yeah, because they had that brilliant like scene play out like from one perspective, and then go went back, and then and then every yeah, they the did that rewind thing. God, All damn, the so. bit about um, that rewind thing is incredible. Mm -hmm. All the bit about um. Him talking to his son before his son's duel, I didn't catch any of that the first time, but he like specifically instructs his son to point his gun up into the air. Yeah. You don't want this man's blood on your hands. And then, of course, all of that gets recycled thematically when he himself is in a duel later and basically reminding himself of what he told his son and the whole throwing away my shot comes back to roost. And yeah, I caught it was so much more impactful the second time. I, I do feel think we rushed, though. What? Because those duels, those final duels in that second act, both with the kid and with Hamilton, just felt like it was like, okay, talking, talking, he's gone. Duel! It's yeah. time for a duel. Dead. All right, that's it. Well, and see, that's the thing. If I, again, if, it's probably the greatest stage music I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, like, like I'm going to come in and fix it. <laughs> well. But I would do a little, one or two fewer numbers about the romance and love yeah, and one yeah. or two more numbers about that stuff. That's where, mm. where the show is electric is when he's pissed off about America. Uh, oh, yeah. And oh, where yeah. it stalls is when it's lovey-dovey, come home, and let's have a family. And again, that doesn't mean that's bad. It's just, for me, I want more of the angry American. Yeah, I think I think it's all thrown in there so that the all the stuff with the son and the, the blackmail and all that other yeah. stuff will, will be a little bit more resonant than, 
you know, like if they hadn't focused on it, then you'd be like, well, who cares? We haven't even seen the wife, you right. know? So yeah, I agree. It, it sort of drags it down a little bit, but at the same time, I can see why they, they inserted it like that. As far as the duels are concerned, like the first duel, they go through the 10 rules mm -hmm. and they go through all of that. And then like, even when it finally gets to the Aaron Burr, Hamilton one, Burr is the one talking. He's like, you know, he he wore his glasses. Don't you think he was going to try to kill me and all those other times? Yeah. And and so like, he, I don't know. Maybe they've said enough about duels at yeah. that point. Yeah. But I agree. There's no dramatic tension to it because it's like one, two, three, boom. You yeah. know. <laughs> but you know, what are you gonna do? It's a long fucking musical. Is it that long? I didn't. Yeah, I, it flew like, by for me. It is. It's. I, and again, I, it doesn't feel it, but it's. It's just under three hours. I mean, you get a 15-minute intermission, but the show from start to finish is, is three hours. So it's about two-hour, 45-minute show. And so the soundtrack is that long? Yeah, the soundtrack is, uh, I, yeah. Because there's no spoken There's almost no, either, there's a, a few lines here and there, but no, I mean, it's, the soundtrack is basically the length of the show. 